anything we do is is not by malice, but by lack of forethought. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began. And Kenner continues the excitement. The Empire Strikes Back collection. El Regreso del Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's the Kivecast. Presents Star Space Station with a snap open space hatch. Sometimes known as the Vintage Pod. Wow, what a weird train! A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, Chewbacca, and Stephen B. Dent. Market data mined by Brisbane, Brisbane Mike. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well. And Fantastic Pete. Tech support by the Lowe. Sky and Steve hit their silver anniversary with a Kive cast dedicated to Han Bespin, who is simultaneously the ultimate cowboy and kind of a wuss. Trevor the Tweeter Duder sits in on the round table to tell us what's up on the forums and about some of the weird stuff he likes. Randy joins us for the first ever $1 Vlix Market Watch game. Plus, we spend an awful lot of time talking about British sugar balls. All of this and a ton more on the 50th Vintage Pod. Wampa Wampa, Space Freaks. Welcome to Kivecast number 50. Number 50, Steve. Uh, you know, we it's number 50, so it's supposed to be really special, right? Yeah, it's supposed to be like a milestone, right? But, but, <laughs> but then I was thinking, like, really, 48. And 65 have to be the big ones for us. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> Those are, it, it, we don't have the typical milestones you'd have in any kind of programming, I don't think. Yeah, and, and we're going to invite Trevor on. That's right. Our, yeah, our tweeter duder. Um, I thought, who better for our 50th show than someone who's done a ton of work, who we've never had on, um, and uh, I don't know, who we've never talked to. Yeah, it's just uh, way overdue. So. Yeah. I, I mean, he seems like he's going to be a fun guy. Well, lots to see. Um, <laughs> and I'm I'm actually recording in a new studio, Steve. Oh yeah, I saw this note. What, what's the uh, <laughs> explanation behind this? Okay, so you know, in the process of divorce, we're trying not to stay in the same house as the kids. So whenever we're away from the kids, we just have to be out of the house. Yeah. Um, so uh, the ex, Mrs. Payne, I don't know where she's staying. Um, no, do I, I want to, I think. But uh, I got myself this little, like, furnished apartment. And, oh, cool. uh, All and right. If you have kids, this is kind of like the dream world because it's a furnished apartment. Everything's clean. Nothing gets messy. It's completely new. It's in this part of town called Corn Hill that I call Cornhole. Okay, um, that, that's where that comes from. Yeah, that's where that comes from. And I have, like, a little <laughs> tiny kitchen, and I can make my own food, and there's, like... You know, no toys except for the toys that I want here. And right. <laughs> so it's uh, it's a little bit of a different environment, but that's why I'm recording now. It's a good studio environment, I think, right? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. And Oscar, can I, can I put out this call too? There was some guy who emailed me right as I moved to Rochester, and, and he works at the Rochester Museum of Science. And I, I forget his name. I, I lost his email. So could you contact me, kaifcast at gmail.com? Because uh, I meant to hang out with you four years ago. So, <laughs> oh man, that the uh, <laughs> wait. Did he email you at the podcast address or your or your regular one? I don't know. I think he PM'd me <laughs> on Rebel Scum before they oh, okay. like reformatted right. the whole thing. Oh, I got gotcha. you. All right. 
So, yeah. Which is hey, which yeah. is another way of saying, for those of you that won Star Tots last month, uh, <laughs> if you get them before Celebration 8, you'll be doing well. Uh, <laughs> I had a, a movie thought about our figure. Okay. All right. And, and who was our which, figure? Uh, I, I guess that would be the handsomest Han, right? That's right. That's uh, Han Bespin. Right. The figure that won the award for handsomest Han figure. Yeah. Han Bespin. And I was just thinking about Han Bespin, and uh, this may be controversial, Steve. Okay. He's kind of a wuss. Okay. <laughs> like the the figure or the character or both? Or what, where well, you, the, what's your angle the, the character of Han. Okay. Okay, just, okay. If we just look at Han, if you just take it from the asteroid field to Jabba's yeah. palace, okay? Okay. So first of all, it's like, oh, I know. Like, I've got a weird shady buddy. Let's go hang out with him. Okay, yeah. so first of all, he's calling on someone else for help. Like, Mr. Rugged right. Individualist, he's like, he's not a system, he's a man. <laughs> Unlike me, which is what's implied when he says that. Right. And then he shows up, and then L- Lando punks him, and he's got that look on his face like, oh, Lando, don't hurt me, you know? And, yeah. and then Lando's all hitting on his girl, and he's basically doing nothing about it. Um, yep, yep. Because he's not a system. a pretty rough, he, rough picture here. Yeah, he's a man. <laughs> and then he, like, Shows up for a meal and pow, his gun's stolen right, right out of his hand. <laughs> he's like trying. I mean, literally, he's. I mean, he's literally castrated. I mean, that's that's a castration act. I mean, if if I were studying this from the lens of a sort of Lacanian uh, textual analysis here, you know, having your gun removed, that that's what happens. Yeah. And and on top of that, Han. I mean, Darth kind of like you know, we'd be honored if you'd join us. Like he has no choice. Uh, yeah. And then he gets frozen, and he got a bunch of drool hanging down his down his cheek. <laughs> uh, at least he was like making an effort, though. Yeah. He was, and I realized <laughs> if Harrison Ford had not improvised that line, "I love you," I oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. That's all anyone remembers. Like the one hit, you know, like he went one for sixty that year, and that right. one hit was a grand slam. Yeah. And and that's really what what saves him. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I agree in that sense. So, which actually leads quite well into my Sky Coup. Okay, good, because this also ties into the, the script, believe it or not. It's, wow. It's like, somehow we are always managing this weird synergy. It, it's good. I'll, I'll take it. It's, so, you know, right, let's hear it. You know, it's funny, Steve. This is going well enough that I'm actually going to check the call recorder because sometimes we were, okay, good, it's recording. So I'm like, this has got a great feel to it. So, yeah. so this, this is my character Sky Coup based on my right. movie thought. Okay. <clears throat> I love you, I know, covered in steam like hot spring, dribble, dribble, drool. <laughs> so so that's taken from that point on. That's what yeah. happens to Han from that point on. <laughs> oh, very nice. Now, for the figure, I was a lot more sympathetic. Yeah, you gotta be. It's, it's a good figure. It's, it's a good figure. It's some peop- because we didn't have the head size confusion, yeah. um, he's considered to be the handsomest, maybe the most, just simplest Han figure. Right. He doesn't have the weird neck. So here it is for the figure. Calm, autumnal gaze. Insouciance with a perm. Invisible gun. <laughs> Oh, nice. I love the, the bit about the gun. That's good. Yeah, because, he, I mean, I think he has a calm autumnal gaze, which... Uh, yeah, we can, we can, we can go with which that. Every yeah. once in a while, I accidentally slip in real poetry <laughs> into the Skykus. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that, that was a word that kind of 
took it to the next bracket. <laughs> and of course, insouciance is the French term, which just means like acting like you don't have a care. And that's, of course, what, what women are often attracted to. Have we already talked about insouciance on the podcast, Steve? Not in uh, terms of the word itself. The, the topic, I'm sure it's been alluded to before. <laughs> right, because that's what makes Han so handsome and so sexy to the ladies, is he's got that right. insouciance, which ties back <laughs> to our very first figure of the month, which was Luke Skywalker, Yep. in which yep. I pointed out him saying, I care, is yeah. that's what immediately desexualized Luke. Yeah. Wow, Steve, I, I'm in. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pushing at the edges here. Firing, my, firing uh, in all cylinders. Firing all cylinders. Uh, it's a good <laughs> thing I don't, I don't uh, censor the show. But so he's got the insouciance, and then of course, you know, with a perm. So, and then the invisible gun. I was looking at the figure, and it's just, yeah. You get, I mean, his, it's like, it's like a part of his pants. If you look at the, right, right. You know. They do that a couple of the couple figures, don't they? Kind of weird holsters that aren't really. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, well, that's, that's funny. The, that's the beauty because they don't really have to, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> nice. Well, uh, the the script little bit that I had in mind also kind of ties into Han's character. It's getting really, really hot in here. Flip the script. Flip the script. And uh, paints him a different light. I have to say. Okay, a little bit more uh, sympathetic than mine. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, so. When Lee Brackett first wrote her draft in Empire, Han's character arc was very, very different. Um, for one, the whole Jabba bounty hunter subplot didn't exist in, in Empire. It wasn't really part of the story at all. And uh, what happens is Leia sends Han on a mission <laughs> to track down his stepfather, who is a political bigwig that has ties to Darth Vader. So he's like sent on this weird diplomatic mission. Huh. <laughs> And so his stepdad's name is Ovan Marikal. And, uh, yeah, like I said, he's like, he's in with Vader because he, he knows who's got the power or whatnot. He's also the leader of the Transport Guild, whatever that is. Um, anyway, so, yeah, of course, like, that's the point. He's supposed to go on the mission, but then they have to split up and he takes Leia and the whole bit with Lando comes in. But, uh, yeah, like, at the end of Empire, in the original version, he doesn't get frozen. He wins the day. He, like, kicks butt at the end of the movie and and uh basically takes off on his own little mission to go find his stepdad and like bring for you know power back to the rebels it's a totally different take on, huh. on what ends up happening so yeah i thought that was interesting and to me i'm like that just it just it would have totally changed the way return of the jedi went it would have changed everything so right so i assume yeah. that's kind of like a bail organa -y sort of figure yeah i, I would think so huh. um yeah it's just interesting to see i mean I like the way things turned out, really. It, it just seems weird if it would have happened this way. But I like like reading about this crazy stuff that, that never happened. Wait, now, now that's, a controver that's a controversial position. You like Empire Strikes Back. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know me, I like to be... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Me, you know? yeah, you're always on the... And then, it's not really an official part, but I do like commenting on the card back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the one cool thing was I, I was looking up the card back, and the first thing that showed up was a Kivecast Market Watch oh, really? thing on Google. Now, I, also, nice. I should say I had to not look because, Steve, we're unveiling oh, a yeah. new feature That's this right. month. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and we're going to be playing The Price is Right or The Vlix is Right. I don't know what we should call it. I like the Blix is right as of now. I think that sounds pretty good, but you know, you never know. We could always come up with something better. Yeah, we're, we're going to have a listener compete against 
I, I think competing against me is probably better just because um, <laughs> I, well, I haven't looked at it yet. Maybe next month I'll compete well, that, against that, you. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to see who, the best reason. <laughs> who can get closer. But anyway, um, I've never thought about the Han, the Han card back before. Have you, Steve? I mean, I, I not deeply, I guess I wouldn't say. I mean, I always thought it was it was interesting choice as far as calling him, you know, the Bespin outfit. But he's on the Falcon, right? He's not actually in Bespin for the picture. Is he? I mean, I don't know. I I'm not sure. I thought he, he was on Hoth. Oh, you know what? That could be it. Wait, no. Oh my. Oh my God. Let me let me look at this. Do you know again. what's funny is that there's so <laughs> many people listening screaming because I thought it was from Luke's bed. I thought the perspective was from Luke's bed. Oh, you mean like in the medical room? Yeah, because it looks uh, like there's a hospital bed. But no, that's got to be wrong. I, oh, you know what? It's got to be <laughs> the Falcon. Cause yeah. Do you know why we think it's in the Falcon? Or why you think it is? I think because they kissed in the in the doorway that you just right, see Han. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah but, that's what I'm thinking. But I could be totally wrong. Who knows? Okay, kivecast at gmail.com. What is the location of, of Han in this card bag? Because <laughs> it doesn't really look like anywhere. No, it's it's a kind of generic Star Wars-y backdrop, right? Yeah. But then I, I was thinking about it and about Han's figure and, and his yeah. character. I mean, I think I told you last month, right, that, that my son told me his favorite characters are Jar Jar and Han. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I realized that this picture... I don't know if it's intentional, but one of the most famous westerns of all time is oh, yeah. John Ford's The Searchers. Right. Uh, which, if you've watched uh, Attack of the Clones, you've seen uh, the whole middle section uh, with, with uh, oh, here we go, I'm going to be defending the sequels, I mean the prequels. <laughs> but there's a whole middle section in which Obi-Wan has his own version of The Big Sleep. And then Anakin has his own version of The Searchers. And right. there's a lot of scenes that are shot for shot. And this, to me, I think is a, a pretty common trope that was taken from that time of having your figure standing in a doorway. Yeah. yeah. That's the most famous picture of, of John Wayne is standing in the doorway in The Searchers. Right. And if you read about it, it's that he's he can't be in a domestic setting. He always has to be outside. That's the closest he can get. Like it, It's symbolic of, of this kind of outsider character. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. Like I remember the first like cinema studies class I took was in high school and that was like the first thing we watched was the searchers. And yeah. this whole thing about the doorway. So it's yeah, it's definitely like one of those points that hit that's hit pretty hard yeah. in terms of movie stuff. Well, if you haven't seen it, it's like a near perfect movie unless you're Native American. Yeah, I was just going to say hold on a second. <laughs> But I mean, as a movie, it's it's yeah, great. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty amazing. Plus, it makes you call him Comanche instead of Comanche for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> whew. Yeah. So, anyways, I, I think that's uh, that was my my card back thought. That I think it's a pretty direct reference to to Ethan Ethan Edwards, which is the character. Um, yeah. And then also just looking at it, I never really thought about how close they got the figure to the card back. Um, it looks like Kenner really took a long time. I mean, the card back is just looks exactly like the figure. You know, almost yeah. it's the same pose uh, in the picture we have here, looking the same way. Um, so definitely see some evolution of the sculpting. Yeah. So yeah, um, let's see. Why don't we uh, get to some news before okay. we call Trevor? Sounds good. Does that sound good. Right. Yeah. Watch out! 
It's Kenner's new. It's Kenner's new. It's Kenner's new. Well, you know, Steve, it, I'm actually going to pull an audible on you here. Um, that I've noticed something amongst my Facebook friends who are vintage snobs, uh, of whom I definitely consider you. Uh, and that is that ever since Netflix brought uh, the Clone Wars onto Netflix, all of a sudden, all the vintage snobs who are too cool for school couldn't turn their... TVs on to watch 22 minutes of excellent Star Wars content are all of a sudden coming around, Steve. Are you one of those? I, I am, and it's funny. Like I actually started watching it before the Netflix thing. Uh, the whole set was given to me as a gift uh, a couple months ago. Um, and like, alright, well, now it's in my hands. I have to just give it a chance. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised, I have to say. <sighs> Well, that's about Vindicate, as, are you vindicated? <laughs> well, that's about as much as I, I know I'm going to get out of you. But, no, uh, no. I, no I, I think it just kind of goes episode to episode. Some I like quite a bit more than others. Um, some I feel like I can just kind of I can skip over if, if I'm not really interested. But no, it's true. I mean, the action and I mean, honestly, I feel more connected to some of the characters uh, than I would if I was watching one of the real movies, which is it's just an interesting thing to realize all this time later. Yeah, well, anyways, I just, I thought that was kind of big news. I mean, definitely the, I can't really think of any particular vintage references. Uh, I mean, some of the scenes on Dagobah in the new season definitely remind you of the Dagobah playset. Um, oh, yeah? I'm not quite sure <laughs> See, that. See, I haven't got that far. I just, I just started watching a few of the season two episodes. Right. So I'm on the ways off. But. Well, you'll, you'll finally catch up to a lot of the, a lot of the vintage references. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm glad because, there's been a lot of good stuff happening in Star Wars over the past, like, five years. But, uh, yeah, he seems like it's got a lot more momentum than it did. <laughs> right. That's for sure. Not, not just the show. Um, and then the other <laughs> thing I want to talk about, Steve, is something I didn't want to talk about. Uh-oh. What does that mean? <laughs> so I would say that the biggest piece of news is this interview that was put uh, up on KennerCollector.com. Right. And it's an interview with Steve Denny, yeah, who's one of the great old school collectors, the guy who is responsible for most of the proof cards that are in circulation. Yep. And I don't want to talk about it. I think it's fair to to not have to really go in depth here because it, it just it's got plenty of room for discussion everywhere else. And I think it's good that we get a plug for anyone that hasn't read it. But um, well, I do want yeah. to talk about it next month. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what, but what I'm saying is is that this is honestly, I mean, for me at least, I can't think of a more significant event in collecting. At least for me, like for what I care about, the kind yeah. of thing it, it it mixes in so many things I love. It mixes in like old hobby history. It mixes in like old prices. It gives yeah. concrete numbers of items available. To me, it's like. So, okay, if you don't know what we're talking about, okay, I already explained it. So it's an interview with Steve Denny, who's somewhat right. mysterious. Like, I've never, I don't think I've ever met him. Maybe I met him at an Ohio meeting, but I don't even think so. Um, but it's just so cool because it's like the reverse of the Toy Tony story. Yeah. yeah, yeah the Toy Tony story has cool. all these pictures and numbers and dollar figures, but it's all yeah. fake. It's all bogus. It's all bad and, and all that. And I just... Um, I just think that the the guys over at KennerCollector.com just I don't know. I think before we talk about it, I want 
to have more time for people to absorb it that way. Yeah. As yeah, opposed that, that, to our, that's yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at is, is a- edited version. Right. Um, but man, that's a really good website, Steve. Yeah. It's, it's a great website um, for, for those that haven't seen it. It's not just, just star Wars. It's, it's Kenner itself. I mean, it's really, it, it covers all the bases. I think, is that the site that put on the, the, the tour of uh, Cincinnati, Cincinnati tour? I'm pretty sure that was them. Yeah, yeah, I think that was them. So I think I got frustrated because I did one of those before oh, yeah, they did. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and then no one really cared. Of course, that was on the on the museum. It was on the museum. Of course, most of them, you know, the people behind that site are the reason <clears throat> that I know that information in the first place. So yeah. I wasn't like really mad, but it's one of those things. And this is kind of a, a repeated thing where like my jealousy isn't like an active angry jealousy. It's kind of like a oh. Yeah, I guess maybe that's why I didn't check that out. But I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, Kenner Collector, you know. <laughs> um, which has been nice because now it's a nice surprise. Because it actually, to talk about the, the website in general, it reminds yeah. me a lot of a better written version of something that we need to talk about, which was the Tomart's Guide, uh, History of Kenner Toys. Oh, okay, yeah. And that came out about eight years ago. And uh, Tomart's <laughs> is, does it still exist, Steve? I don't know. I mean, I, I've I've had a couple of the old issues that were kind of the the mainstays, but I, I never followed it as in depth as I probably should have. Well, it's it's amazing information, great interviews. It's the most in depth history of Kenner I've ever read. Um, it's just amazingly poorly written. I mean, dangling participles, verbs don't agree with each other. Uh, it's I mean, almost unreadable for those of us who care about those kinds of things but it's it's really it was a really neat thing and they came out every month uh with these sort of little inserts all about uh all about kenner so this is kind of like a better electronic version of that series of articles yeah right well with that i think that we should call our tweeter duder all right so let's give him a call he'll let us know what's up with the boards and tell us about some non-toy stuff Take a seat at the board with the Space Chess Roundtable here on the Vintage Pod. It is a silly place. I see your point, sir. All right, Steve. Well, we are here officially joined, I believe, the first time on the show live with Trevor. How's it going, Trevor? First time. Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. We were debating. Did you ever leave a message on the Wampa line? I, I don't think I did. Uh, it, how many total messages did you guys get on the Wampa line? In between four and six. Yeah, nice. <laughs> it, was a, it was a small number, but they were they were quality. And, and ca- oh, Cal- California, Trevor left a bunch, so it, maybe we were getting you guys mixed up. That that's possible. Yes, I, I I like California, Trevor, quite a bit. Now he's a cool guy. Now you're somewhere in the Midwest, right? We yes, I am in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. That counts as Midwest. Or is that, is that the West? I think we are dead in the middle of the country. I, I would call it Midwest. Okay. I've, I've driven through on the 40 a bunch of times. so uh, I, I'm sure that was very exciting. <laughs> well, you know what? I think I, w- I watched a hockey game once at a TGI Fridays in, in the Panhandle. Um, okay. So that was... I guess that's Texas, isn't it? So that's not even it, Oklahoma. We, we have a Panhandle... Uh, we, uh, it, it's not as large as the Texas one, but we, we're proud of it, I suppose. Right. Um, well, awesome. Well, let's see. So it's been, you've been our t- official tweeter duder for what, like three years now? 
Yeah, it seems like it. Uh, pretty much since, I mean, the second or third episode, when I think we started doing that. Right. Um, so I, I would like to apologize on behalf of Steve and myself for not having you on earlier. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay, no problem. Uh, but I, I think you know, true fans of the show know that uh, that anything we do is is not by malice, but by lack of forethought. No, that's fine. Listen, I, I, I feel like Gus and Duncan probably should be on the show before I should. <laughs> right, right. Well, maybe, but, you know, yeah, I guess I guess they laid more of the groundwork, but then you're doing more of the day-to-day Just stuff. Just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we sort of wanted to have you on for, for a couple reasons, um, beyond the fact that I believe you're the only major contributor to have never been on, because we had the Market Watch guys on. Um, but then also that... You are you sort of dabble in the in the dark arts of non figural stuff. Is that correct? I do. I uh, I love the weird, the goofy stuff, uh, especially that like seventy seven to seventy nine era before they kind of uh, streamlined everything and, and kind of gave everything the same you know type of look. Right. It's that er- that early stuff. I mean, there's there's some crazy stuff out there, and it's it's awesome. I mean, it's a uh, it's an area of collecting that more people should get into, I think. Yeah, I think it was um, Canada's greatest know-it-all, uh, Scott Bradley, who said that we mm-hmm. need to do more of that. And I think it's true. We had like um, we talked a lot about the all the Jesus imagery with Obi Wan Kenobi, and I think that fits sure. in that category. It does. There's, I mean, there's everything from like I mean, bootleg posters that they made, like the wanted. Po- I don't know if you've seen those wanted posters, like. I mean, early, early stuff. To, yeah. Uh, I mean, like craft kits and belt buckles and eight tracks, and I mean, it's a whole. It, it, it's a genre unto itself. Well, well, why don't you tell us more about the wanted posters? I don't think I know about those. They were some posters that came out. I mean, they're some of the, from what I understand, they're some of the very, very earliest collectibles. Um, and uh, the one I can think of is, is Han Solo. It's, I mean, it's like a. Probably a, uh, I mean, 11 by 15-ish cardstock poster. Okay. And it says, like, wanted for crimes against the Empire. <laughs> something to that effect. Wow. I, and, I mean, it, it looks like something somebody just made in their basement. I mean, right. it, yeah. it looks absolutely terrible. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow, well, yeah. I, uh, I guess I haven't really looked at those. We'll have to get those up on the, on the show notes. I can send you some pictures. Excellent. And so that's so. Do you have like a cutoff at sort of seventy nine, and you say no more, or? Yeah, I. It's a light cutoff. Uh, I mean, it it is a general rule, but it's a rule that gets broken for things like the, uh, like the Sigma C three PO tape dispenser. Oh, right. Where yeah, I mean that that's an awesome item. Uh, a lot of the unloved items that Steve hits on. I mean, that's all good stuff that. Uh, is after that cop, but but the main area is that seventy-seven to seventy-nine era, right? And I, I do I agree. It's like there was, it's like the it was like the Wild West, which I guess is a exactly. theme of, of this month's show, Steve. The Wild West, yeah. <laughs> um, that they didn't have the templates, right? I feel, what do you call it? Like a style guide? Is that what they call it? Uh, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Well, like everything had to be the same, and even if you get to. Um, uh, like Empire, they had they had style guides. It was a little bit looser, though. Like the the imagery was maybe a little bit different. Um, but yeah, well, that's uh, 
Is are there any other items that you'd like to showcase from your collection while we're talking here to make uh, Canada's greatest know it all happy? <laughs> I like to think of Todd Chamberlain as our Yoda. He's, okay. He's the guy <laughs> who, <laughs> when you're talking about weird items, he is the guy who knows everything about it. I mean, it's one of the highlights of all of each celebration is going to his booth and, and just digging through his just crazy stuff. Yeah, it, but, it uh, really is the best. And it, another item that, I mean, I think is it's super nostalgic that a lot of people overlook is the Ben Cooper costumes. Right. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you, okay, I'm guessing by your agreement, you know what I'm talking about. Well, but, actually, uh, right before you got on, I was talking about how Todd Chamberlain gave me the heads up on a on an auction that I forgot to bid on, and I lost it for ten bucks, and I've been kicking myself all week. Um, so yeah, but t- tell us more what you feel about uh, about. Uh, did you win it? No, I, no, I didn't. I, okay, <laughs> I haven't bought any of these lately. I've, I've got a whole set. Okay. But, uh, I mean, but that's what, that's the kind of price range these things go for. I mean, a lot of this stuff is super cheap. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the graphics are just, they're crazy. Like, the, uh, the masks, I mean, have virtually no relation to what the character looks like in any way, shape, or form. Right. And, I mean, the, the Boba Fett one is, is the best because it actually has a picture of Boba Fett on the chest. Right. <laughs> Thereby making the coolest character the uncoolest. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, well, you know, it's it's cool because we. Um, I, I really wanted to to get you on and kind of sort of have you sort of like a long term guest. And Steve, we've we've been talking a long time, and you didn't know I was going to bring this up. But we've been talking a long time about starting a vintage costuming community. That's yeah, that's and, right. <laughs> and for a while, we were thinking about calling it, you know, the five hundred second Vader's underpants. Um, <laughs> but I think that's too much of a direct attack on the 501st, because I don't really have anything against the 501st. Sure. So I, I was thinking we could call it, uh, like, the 92nd, uh, <laughs> Hammerhead's Mankini. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. And then that, that sets the precedent that one of us would just have to get dressed up in his Mankini. And, sure. you know, another one of us would get dressed up like the, like the walrus man. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I like it. I like it. Bright green Greedo jumpsuit. There you go. Wait, there's some. Wait, is it just me who's hearing crazy stuff? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, everything just reloaded in my server, so the vintage commercial just started playing. So I was like, what the? Okay. So get, getting back to to Hammerhead's mankini. <laughs> um, so, so so I think part of our vintage. I think we should have a, a costume contest but especially a group photo of us wearing the costumes. You know, because, I, like it. I mean, it's what, 10, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. I think at the party, we should try to have as many people as possible in vintage Ben Cooper masks, uh, Don Post masks, <laughs> and then people trying to dress like the vintage figures. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I have tried to put on some of those old Ben Cooper <laughs> costumes. Right. They are so- <laughs> Super fragile, and for anyone over about three foot five, okay. the arms rip out basically immediately. Okay. So it, it would require some sort of a cut-up-the-back type modification and to be worn as a vest, okay. but uh, it, it, it definitely could be doable. Well, I, I know that, that Shane Turgeon once wore an Ewok That's costume. That's right, yeah. <laughs> um, and I also think we have to get into underoos. I mean, this could be, you know, a, a really, I, I, I think it could be a fun event. I think it would get us a lot of, a lot of press. Um, 
So I think Duncan so, would need to replicate his like twenty five T shirts at once stunt. As yeah, well. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and and Gus could wear his blue Snaggletooth outfit. So, yeah. So I think that's what I think it should be the ninety second Legion Hammerheads Mankini. But I think I'm you're just, on something there. Ah, <laughs> uh, good. See, I knew this would work out, Steve. Just because we we called Trevor literally. I I texted him about forty five minutes ago saying, "Hey, do you want to be on the show tonight?" <laughs> um, but I, I guess you, you play it pretty loose because you, you have four kids. Is that right? We got four kids. Uh, and actually, side note to that, shout out to my wife here. Okay. Uh, at Celebration 6, we, she was pregnant with twins. Uh, uh-huh. She was eight months pregnant. Okay. And uh, I, I don't know if you know anything about the gestation period of twins, but uh, <laughs> eight months is pretty much go time. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, she agreed to let me go to celebration, knowing full well that she could pop at any second. Wow! So, uh, big props to her on that one. Wow, Miss, Mrs. Duder gets a big thank you. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> is is your real last name Hopper? Hoppers. Yeah. Hoppers with an F. Okay, because that's like a Star Wars name, right? Isn't that the? Isn't it a T six? I like to think of it so. It's a T sixteen Skyhopper. Okay, nerd alert! But it's a T sixteen Skyhopper, and your name starts with a T. So, <laughs> so okay, so you change your middle name to sixteen, and then you stand next to me. It's T sixteen Skyhoppers. There you go. <laughs> I like it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. How you do, how you doing, Steve? I'm doing all right. I think that this is going great. Yeah, well, we also you're also our official correspondent for the boards because Steve and I are too cool to read the boards <laughs> on a daily basis. Sure. Um, so uh, let's see. What are some of the things uh, that that you highlighted for us? Well, we got a lot of stuff this month. So uh, let's see. Let's get right into it. Okay. So the first thing is uh, Kim Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, that name should ring a bell among vintage collectors. If you don't know who it is, he is the guy who uh, shot a lot of the Kenner photography back in the 70s and 80s. He, a few years ago, he popped up with a website, just kind of, I mean, totally out of the blue, and uh, posted just I mean, tons of tons of old uh, Kenner photography. You could get prints from him, um, posters of, of the various shots. Uh, he's got a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, and, and you can go to, it's called themanwhoshotlukeskywalker.com. That's right. correct, um, yeah. Wait a minute, Steve, this is another Western reference, <laughs> right? Cause isn't that a reference yeah. to The Man Who Shot Liberty of Alance? I, would, I can see that, yeah. No, that's totally what that is, yeah. and that was a Western by what, Capra, right? It's either a Western or a Marty Robbins reference, one of the two. One second, <laughs> it's The Man Who Shot Liberty of Alance. Was that Ford too? Oh, I don't God. know. <laughs> uh, I'm pr- yeah, it was John Ford. Oh my God, Steve, that's our yeah. second John Ford reference. It's, it's always happens. This is like it's like Fritz Lang syndrome. Last month was John Fritz Ford. Lang. Yeah. Okay, we're turning into like a, a, a film nerd thing. Can I edit out the part where I said it was Frank Capra? Oh, I know why I said that. It's because okay, it's because James Stewart was in it. Uh, <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. So it's the man who shot LukeSkywalker dot com. So, do either of you actually have any of the prints that he makes? No, no. I have I I post on the board several times. You did. Uh, my focus is sixty five back. Okay. And so I have a uh, signed from him print about uh, 50, fourteen by eighteen, somewhere in that size of the back of the sixty five backs. 
Oh, that's awesome. And it makes an excellent display. I mean, for focus, card back focus collectors, it makes an excellent display piece because uh, you don't have to have some of your figures turned around. If you right. want to say, oh, here's what unifies this group of figures, yeah. boom, here's a print of the back. Right, yeah. And, and that, so that wasn't the original photo. It was a photo he took later, or...? Well, from what I understand, he's got the, I don't know, negatives is, I don't know if negatives is the right word, or proofs of some sort. Right. But then he will make prints, or at least he would a while ago, I don't, I don't know if he's still doing this, but he'd make custom prints based on those shots he had. Right. So, I mean, it's basically just a blown up photograph printed from the original negative. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's sweet. I forgot that you're the... So, have you finished your 65 back run? I am completely done with the 65 back run. Wow. That's been a while, right? It's like 10 it, years you've been, been doing that? It's been a while. Uh, seven or eight years, probably. Yeah, it took a while. There's, when I first started, I thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be easy. No problem. I mean, it, the 65 backs are all over the place. But uh, there's a range, like the late Empire figures were released very sparsely on the 65 back. So there's several, there's four or five that are super hard to track down. Right. So beyond the, beyond the Hoth Trooper, what are the other really hard ones? The, uh, the uh, Hoth Rebel Trooper uh-huh. um, and the Rebel Commander are both super hard to find. I, like, I don't know that there's more than five to ten of those known, honestly. If, if there are, I don't know where they are. Wow. But uh, those are tough. Uh, the Boba Fett's fairly tough, but not, at, not as tough as the others. Um, and then Dengar, for some reason, super tough. Huh, Dengar in a 60... See, I, I love knowing this stuff because I don't pay that much attention, but I see enough Star Wars toys that sometimes when I know something's rare, you know, you might come across it. Like a Dengar 65 back. I would never think to look twice, you know? But uh, now, now I know to get it. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I think that a, some of these are rare just because people don't know to look for them. Right. Yeah. But, uh, and, and to tell you the honest truth, if you listed 65 back Red Hawk Rebel Soldier on eBay, I don't even know that it would go for a tremendous amount more than just a standard uh, Rebel Soldier. Right. Well, I guess we've changed that now, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, the word is out. So, so anyways, <laughs> yeah. getting back now that we've taken on this great tangent. Um, so, what was it that Kim Simmons actually posted? Okay, so what he posted was a uh, a prototype of the cloud car, which uh, I, I came to find out later apparently is a variation of an image that's on the archive. But it's the full edited shot of this prototype, which I believe the full and edited shot has never been seen before. Right. And uh, it's a neat-looking prototype. It's got uh, kind of a dual engine in the center as opposed to the little, I don't know, grill thing, whatever you would call that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's actually probably a preferable design to what Kenner actually came out with. <laughs> yeah, it looks cool because you could pretend those are guns at least. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and it's but it doesn't have that cool... You know, burnt ochre, nineteen seventy, you know, nine looking color. 
That, it, it, listen, is that not the most fantastically colored toy in the whole vintage line? <laughs> it really is. It's like you could eat it. It's like a, it's like a flavor of ice cream you had once yeah. but never had again. Okay. Exactly. I mean, it, it is absolutely fantastic. I played with that toy all the time as a kid, and it has basically no play value whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it puts it all on you as the, as the kid to really... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a great it's a great image, and yeah, there's other stuff that that Kim has posted too. I think I he had uh, some nice shots of that uh, prototype Ewok village. There's a bunch of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if anyone hasn't been, there, I think he's got the Facebook page going too, right? Yes, he does have a Facebook page. Yeah, and okay. I, I believe the Facebook page is updated a little bit more regularly than yeah. his, uh in his website. Right now, I'm I'm uh, going to be totally uninformed, which is my my job here. I remember there being something about that site or about what he was doing that not everyone liked. I don't remember what that was. I remember there was some kind of, like, scandal. Do you guys remember what that yeah, was? I vaguely remember that as well. I don't recall the details, though. Okay, kivecast at gmail.com if you'd like to tell Sky what it was about the whole... Because <laughs> there was just something. I, I couldn't... It's a little bit, little bit vague, so I'm obviously not saying... Oh, I know what it is, but I'm just trying to trying to figure that out. Yeah, I think I must have missed that. Um, I mean, I I remember when the website was announced some years back, and then yeah, I noticed lately there's been a lot on on Facebook. But um, yeah, I, I missed that that whole thing if there was something. Right, and then you also pointed out uh, something on TV there, uh, uh, Trevor. Yeah. Okay. So this, I'm surprised this has caused the amount of controversy that it has. Okay. But uh, there is quite a bit of debate about this. Okay, so Jordan uh, Hembro, the toy owner, um, found from an, an older couple in Arizona a stash of vintage carded figures. Uh, the, the estimate was about 130. I don't know if that was an exact count or just kind of a guess. But uh, he bought this, I mean, treasure trove, I suppose you could call it, for uh, like fifteen thousand dollars, okay. and he had the figures graded, and then at the end of the show, it showed him selling one of the sets of twelve. There was two sets of twelve back, right? And then there was like a hundred plus Empire and Jedi figures, and so at the end of the show, it showed him selling one of the graded sets of twelve backs for like twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. Wow. And so uh, several people on the boards, they, the debate is on about whether he offered the people enough, should he have done that, Does uh, is that good for the hobby. Uh, and uh, Frat Boy did a fantastic breakdown of yeah. uh, the cost per figure and, and the profit per figure and all that. Um so I don't know. I mean, where do you guys stand on that? Well, I mean, I, I'm just actually looking at the clip now, and mm-hmm. provided that it's not 100% set up, I mean, I imagine some of it's set up. Oh, sure. It, it is just really sweet seeing all the pictures. Yeah. Oh, plus that's my favorite. Wait, no, that's not my... My favorite of his sidekicks is this dude who showed up for like one episode, and his relationship to Jordan was unclear. Um, <laughs> I forget what happened to that dude. What was that guy's name? Oh, man. Anyway... Yeah, no, I mean, it's... My favorite of it, well, not sidekicks, but nemesis. Uh, him and Huckabo together 
Yeah. <laughs> or hilarious. Like like the like the staged rivalry is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Well I think I think no matter what, I think this is just great for the hobby. No matter what, because you're seeing a whole bunch of Star Wars figures, you're giving the sense I mean, I know when I watch the show and he finds something that I don't collect, I get interested in that thing. Yeah. And so even though I know a ton about Star Wars figures and I don't always agree with his selling practices or whatever. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it's really good for the hobby, especially it it's just so exciting seeing all these figures together. Yeah. Well, and then you, and then you get the jealous. Yeah, oh, definitely. <laughs> the debate it kind of sparked was, and I, I don't know if this is a topic you guys have ever discussed, but if, when, when you're doing a deal out, I mean, quote-unquote, in the wild, and... Somebody has a price that you know is ridiculously low. Let's say they have a uh, a twelve bag Vader and they're asking fifty bucks for it. Right. Are you obliged to let them know that it's worth more than that? Do you give them the fifty bucks and walk away? What What is the ethical uh, responsibility there? Uh, you know, it's funny. There's the ethical responsibility, and then there's what I would do. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's actually opposite of what you might think. Like, yeah. I, I would absolutely tell them it's worth more. I won't do it. Yeah. I don't think that's my responsibility. I think it's totally ethical to pay someone 50 bucks. If they're happy taking 50 bucks, I think that's totally ethical, and that's totally yeah. fine. I wouldn't do it because I wouldn't feel good about it. Like, I have a higher standard for myself than I have for other people. Sure. Um, but, like... You know, in 1990, uh, well, 1985, whatever, I bought a pack of uh, star basketball cards, and I got a Michael Jordan rookie, you know, right at, right out of the pack, and I just mm -hmm. had it around. It was worth like 20 bucks for the longest time, and then in 1994, I was starting to be a musician. I needed to buy a bass, so I went and I sold my Michael Jordan rookie near mint for about 200 bucks, and... Uh, you know, whatever. There was a point where I could have got eight, nine grand for that. That you know, it's just a ridiculously nice car. I, I was going to say, don't look at the eBay completed auction for that. <laughs> right, but I'm still happy with that because I paid thirty five cents and I got two hundred bucks out of it. Sure. And I got a pretty sweet Fender P base that my brother then basically stole from me, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he he could have been. He could have not been a baseball card dealer, and he could have, but I don't know. That's his life. His life is making those profits. You yeah. Know? And the same thing with Jordan. You know, love him or hate him, his life is made on that profit. Sure. So, yeah. So that that's my answer is it's ethical, but I wouldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Steve? I mean, I think I'm pretty much along, along the same lines. I, I can't say I've ever been in a situation like that, um, but, yeah, I, it just knowing the feeling afterward. I don't know if I could, if it would just wouldn't sit right, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, it's tough. I, it's, I can see why it could upset some people, but in the grand scheme of things, I think, I think the, the Jordan card <laughs> situation kind of is a good analogy. Yeah. Actually, Steve, we've been segueing so well, Prob <laughs> probably the, the worst or not the worst, but one of the most questionable amounts I've ever felt paying for something was something I bought from you. Really? Well, the thing is, is I don't mind selling at a reasonable price to friends when I know it goes well in their collection. And so 
you sold me my Chewbacca engineering pilot. Oh, right, right, right. And this okay, was like three years ago. I don't remember what yeah. you sold it to me for, but... It was, I think it was like 150 bucks, which is what I paid for it. So. Ex- exactly. And, yeah. and I could probably get a lot more than that now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I obviously wouldn't because I love that thing. And I wouldn't have paid more than 150 four years ago or whatever. Right. Um, but I don't know. Like, that's that to me is like happiness. It's like having, you know, like you getting back what you recouped, me getting to have it. And obviously I wasn't trying to, you know, mess you over and I right. have a nice piece. And, you know, that's the side of the hobby I like to be in. But it, it means I wind up missing stuff because I'm not quite as cutthroat as I could be. Mm. But the reason why I say that is because there was also a debate, Trevor, about engineering pilots. Is that right? That was a solid segue. That was, Thank that was you. the best one yet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the next, uh, the next topic is there was a debate about whether or not uh, engineering pilots are part of the pre-production process. Uh, do they go with first shots? Are they completely separate? Where do they kind of fit into the process? Yeah. So, okay, so let's. Wait, do we need to do a, a vintage vocab on, on engineering pilots? <laughs> you know, we did. We had, we had a uh, Chris Drogulius uh, on. I think it must have been like last year, and we were talking about engineering pilots. Just oh. funny because he was so like ingrained in this conversation as well. It's just, oh, it's funny. We, we did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just make them, folks. I don't listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, clearly, I didn't do a very good job of listening either because I didn't. I don't remember that conversation. <laughs> uh, you were probably having like a or two or three kids, so yeah, <laughs> enough. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, it seems to me that the basic conclusion is they're not a part of the pre-production process unless you don't have any pre-production items, in which case they are. That is a <laughs> that is a fantastic uh, summary. Um, you know, I think it kind of depends on what you call the quote-unquote pre-production process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, does, does that process end with actually shipping a figure to store, or does that end when you've got a finished figure in your hand? Right. I mean, depending on where you, you say that process ends, I mean, like you say, if you don't have many of them, I, I'm guessing you probably say that those are pre-production. Right. It, it's, I think that's kind of like the the brutal, honest take on it. it. It's it's true. I mean, they're interesting in their own right, but, and I, I think, I kind of take, take it as more of a, a wider production process rather than just pre-production. You can, you can seg, you know, segment things, but yeah, I, it's, it just seems like a lot of attention that hadn't really been given to them has been over the past, I don't know, a couple of years. Well, and I think yeah. a lot of the reason they're getting attention is kind of why uh, Jedi Carter figures are getting attention is mm-hmm. because the higher-end stuff is spiraling out of a lot of people. I mean, standard collectors reach. Oh, yeah. So they're looking for, oh, what's something else I can kind of get in on on this? Right, yeah, and that's, and that's pretty much what I was trying to say. Like, if you don't have, like... You know, I don't have a. I've had a lot of opportunities to buy a first shot. I never got one. <clears throat> but when you offered me the engineering pilot, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a reasonable amount for yeah. You know, a, a, a 3D prototype. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't really worry about whether or not it was pre-production. I mean, I never really thought about it. Like, I think you're right. So I think instead of saying it's pre-production, just say it's an early part of the production process. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, 
<laughs> yeah, it fits into the whole the whole picture, and it's not it's not completely standard. You know, it's it's something right. different. It it's really is like the QC sample. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It, it goes right along with that. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a good boy. I guess I could have played the debate thing, but we don't really have two different sides. <laughs> um, no, I think we're I think we're in agreement on that. But by it, the way, my wife just walked in and gave me a look like you are the biggest nerd on the face of planet Earth. <laughs> oh, you're on the show. That's yeah. You know, that, that's cooler than just listening to it, right? Hey, hey listen, I, I I hear you. <laughs> or maybe it's worse. I don't know. I was gonna say, Sky, it might be. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I I do like that it. I mean, because a lot of the debate, too, has been about older collectors versus newer collectors, and it seems to be this theme that's been running through, especially since we've had, frankly, since we've had Ron Salvatore on more often, um, that just as he and sort of Chris Joglias represent a lot of the um, people who have a lot of the the real stuff, you know, the hard-to-find stuff, and then also just, it's just this question of perspective that it must be really hard for them to, you know, for anyone who's had a totally different perspective all these years to then have a bunch of people say, oh, hey, yeah, this is this is pre-production just because they say it, um, which I think is what's happening, at least with me, with carded figures going for crazy amounts and mm-hmm. you just saying, oh, that doesn't make sense. And then that's how you know. It's kind of like, uh, like, you know how you know when you're getting old is, is when you see young people and they do something and you go, that's not attractive. <laughs> so, so like I know some of our listeners and some of our contributors do the spacers and the ears thing, um, mm-hmm. but like I just look at that and I just go, "That's not attractive." Like, yeah. like and, and I know that's the point. It's to freak out old squares like me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, there's any young ladies who would who excuse me. I don't. I just want to look like a a tribesman. <laughs> you know. Like, uh, but I've been an old man since I was young. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. oh boy. That's... I don't think I have any segues to the next one here, Steve. <laughs> no, no. We're going to have to just go cold in. I think that's fine. Um, um, let's see. All right. So, yeah, Trevor, you, you posted or sent us this link to a... I guess we call this a limelight, right? It's... it's uh... Yeah, it's... Limelight. Kind of a... Uh... I'd call it a limelight. I'd call it a uh, maybe a faux brick through the window type yeah. Yeah. segment. Yeah, absolutely. It's, so, uh, yeah, this is Darth Daddyus's Darth Vader bootlegs. Yeah, yeah. Right. Which I'll tell you what I knew this guy collected Vader. I had no idea he had this extensive of a bootleg collection. Yeah, and it's, this is this is pretty impressive. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Um, Oh, he's in uh, he's in Sydney, but uh, Sydney. Yeah, um, I, I have to double pronounce all things in Australia. <laughs> I think Sydney is actually more correct. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. What happens to me is if I see a bootleg I've never seen before, I automatically assume that it's like made just for bootleg buyers, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think that's not a very informed opinion. That's what you call knee jerk. <laughs> yeah, um, but this is—I mean, this is an old thread too. It's been around for a couple of years. Um, yeah, it has. It has, and he has—he updates it pretty regularly. And 
it's kind of to the point now where, I mean, it, it seems pretty exhaustive. Yeah. I mean, he has four different colors of the, of the Hungarian card right. back, um, mm-hmm. which has kind of a nice sort of Warhol feel. Um, he has the Uzai. Uh, actually, the other day I was talking to one of my students, and she was really interested in all these different languages. And I was like, oh, you know, I know some Turkish. And I, I seriously <laughs> went, <laughs> like, if you know a lot more Turkish, like, you can really impress people until they realize that the lexicon you're drawing from is all Star Wars. Because you're <laughs> sure. like, I could say monkey man, I can say lion man, I can say space, I can say warrior, I can say trooper, I can say dark, I can say leader. You know, like, <laughs> Just keep the Star Wars part on the in your back pocket. <laughs> yeah, but this happens to me all the time because one of my new colleagues is from Poland um, by way of Canada. So, like, she was born in Poland, but then she uh, grew up in Canada and then moved to America. And so I'll always be like, oh, yeah, Gewerjny Wurjny. That's how you say Star Wars in Polish. <laughs> and she'll always uh, correct my, uh, my pronunciation. <laughs> Hey, um, that's more impressive than the Turkish version Star's War. That's right. <laughs> um, but this Uruguayan thing, is this legit? Oh, yeah. What, yeah, that was my first thing. Like, I've never seen that before. I, I'm going to put this out there. So this can either go to uh, to Sydney, Sydney, Daddyus, um, or, or to Joe or any other, or to the other Trevor, for that matter. Yeah. yeah. Um, is this Ur- Uruguayan bootleg legit? It looks insane. <laughs> it, it seems too cool to be true. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I don't know the answer to that. This is the first time I've ever seen it. But I'll tell you what I love, and that is uh, that he appears to have a silver cod piece. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is to draw more... T- I mean, it's, it's this thing where it has the, a standard card back with Fett and then Vader on top of it. And then it says Echo in Uruguay underneath it, like really yeah. big, which yeah. raises a lot. Like, it's so cool that it seems improbable. Um, oh, my goodness. Speaking of bootlegs, I just figured something out about Polish bootlegs. What's that? This is breaking news. So, you know the poker card card uh, bootlegs? Oh, wait a minute. Hold the on poker second. cape, I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's certain Polish bootlegs that are, are rubber unarticulated, like the standard Polish bootlegs, but they have um, like these like weird vinyl capes on them. Right. That have little designs on them that look like uh, that look like cards, like playing cards. And they all say as and then the character name. So it says on the Chewbacca, as Chewbacca. I was talking to my Polish friend and I realized, wait does that mean something? And she's like, yeah, that means ace. So <laughs> it's the ace of Chewbacca. Like hmm. all the poker, all the poker capes, like it says ace. So when you see AS, it actually <laughs> says ace on the back, which makes it way cooler. That is so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, cool. Actual vintage yeah, information crazy. I hadn't thought of. <laughs> so oh, break through I, that window. Hey, <laughs> Oh man, Scott! Did you see this? The Chewbacca Vader mix, which is it's really the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that thing is pretty funky too. Yeah, that that one is. That's another one that's so cool. I have a hard time believing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he specifically says that there are more of those out there, so it's not a custom. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it seems like in Mexico slash 
South American countries, you'll find, I mean, quote unquote, mashups of, of these kind of things. Like, there's a Vader with like, it's, um, that's probably it. There's like a Vader with a Cylon head, and there's like, uh, like, I don't know, like weird, like Admiral Ackbar with Klaatu head kind of stuff out there. So I, I can imagine that something like this would exist. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that, this is like a weird limelight of what we're saying. This is great. It's all fake. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's all fake. I think it's awesome. I just uh, there's so much of it I haven't seen before. I have a hard time processing it. Yeah. Um, but there's enough stuff that's you know like the Arco. I love the Arco stuff. <laughs> oh man, I still have some extras of those. I need to figure out to do those. Um, yeah. So that, that's that's a. Oh boy, I get to play the limelight theme again then. Yeah, see we're, we're getting we're getting all our <laughs> our features in somehow. Yeah, we are. It's good. Um, wow. so that was boy, is that all of your uh, all of your uh Twitter Duder news? I think that's it. That's I think that's probably the longest news section ever, right? Well, we ha- we haven't <laughs> even gotten to Steve's news cuz Steve prepared some news too. Um uh, well, it's nothing that exciting. Well, we can but. break it up. So you initially said you don't like the name Tweeter Duder. Have you? Have you? Do you like a name more than Tweeter Duder? You know what? I don't. I. I don't know. Uh, have you come to love Tweeter Duder? <laughs> I, I, I. Let's say I've embraced it. Okay. Good. Ah, Trevor the Tweeter Duder, much like uh, Brisbane Brisbane, it's a. Uh, it's a nickname hard hard fought. And, uh, all right. So, Steve, what, what's the news you wanted to, to bring out for us? Okay, I'll, I'll go through this this pretty quickly, but um, and some of it's more personal than, than anything. But uh, well, everyone anyway, wants more Steve, right? Yeah, like you gotta get to know me a little better, right? <laughs> um, no, nah, you don't want that. Uh, anyway, we got <laughs> we got a we got a new uh, collector meeting hopefully coming up soon. Uh, we got a May Fourth thing down in SoCal, so that's something to look forward to. Um, other than that, I guess. I guess we should mention Bruce had that awesome. Uh, uh, okay, Steve, mania. But you got to sell it a little bit better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So there's going to be a California Collectors Club meeting. If you live in California and you want to meet up, it'll be somewhere in Southern California. But you can come on down on May fourth. Celebrate May the fourth with you with the world's coolest Star Wars collectors on the West Coast, man. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to do it, Steve. All right. All right. I think maybe we should just cut what I said out and just insert that. No. Um, no. <laughs> It's, it's great because there, there's also a uh, uh, a New York uh, Collectors Club meeting uh, on April 27th. That's going to be kind of the Albany area again. Uh, this will be hopefully the first one I make in uh, over a year. Uh, I always try to make it, but the difficulties of going through a painful separation make it difficult. Um, but those are really fun. So if you live in... Either the most populous state in America or like the third most populous state in America, there's a vintage get together for you. Uh, now, was there was there something in Oklahoma, Trevor? Am I remembering that correctly? We no, no. Oh, good. The, All right, we, we don't on. have anything. <laughs> we, we there was something in Texas about three hours away, and that uh, we don't have anything in Oklahoma though. No. Okay. Well, it's good to have good state. Pride, I guess. I, I, yeah, I, no. I, there's not I, there's not a ton of Star Wars collecting here, honestly. To, to tell you the truth, right. And uh, I w- actually, Steve gave me one of the uh, California Collector Club T-shirts, 
Oh, cool. and, uh, yeah. Celebration five. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes. And, and I wear that quite frequently when I go to, uh, estate sales, garage sales, flea markets, whatnot. Only one time has it ever led to an actual purchase of Star Wars items, but, uh. <laughs> well, nice. I, I, I keep hoping it's going to drum something up. Nice. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll have to tell Lobart that his design worked. Yeah, it's, um, it's a good one. <laughs> although, actually, our website is completely down right now. Yeah. And, uh, I guess when we rebooted it last month, Steve, we didn't turn off the no spam alert or whatever. No. So I guess someone sent some malware. And the way NetFirms deals with it is they just turn everything off. Oh, <laughs> so okay. uh, we, we've got our, uh, our UG not working on it. <laughs> um, uh, and then, Steve, you also had your own uh, idea with what was interesting in the forum. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there was. it kind of relates to that whole topic of, of EPs or engineering pilots, but uh, there was the guy who we talked about last month who had found some first shots, uh, Gary, who goes by Greedo Didn't Shoot. Um, but yeah, he basically had a, a Kenner fine with a Kenner employee and brought a whole bunch of awesome stuff home, um, which is definitely, I mean, he keeps posting pictures every couple days, it seems like, but, uh, I mean, it's everything from a, a ton of great carded figures to, to some sample pieces and, um, like some crazy safety testing things, which I don't think I'd seen before where you have like a loose figure with, that's been gone through different kinds of stress tests, things like that. But, um, it just, it's cool to see finds like this still happening. I mean, and not, not from, you know, one of the old guard that you would expect to, to see it from, I guess. Yeah. I mean, this is a bona fide tracking down a Kenner employee and getting stuff from him that is just happened. You know, it's, uh, it's really awesome. I mean, it's that same thing of like that weird sort of like jealousy, I mean, yeah. I've, I've done literally no work, <laughs> no work at all to have this happen for me, but I still somehow feel like <laughs> it should have happened for me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, boy, a lot of talk of jealousy today, Steve, huh? Uh, you, you, got, you got some uh, <laughs> bridges to, to men's guy. <laughs> yeah, the, the green-eyed monster. Um, but, yeah, this is just great, and his pictures are really good. They're high quality, and it's a great story all about us. You know, we should have him on the show sometime. Yeah, yeah I mean, that... would be a good thing to recount. Yeah. That has got to be one of the most insane finds of the last, I mean, at least five to ten years. Yeah. I mean, because he's got, like, some of the Empire Strikes Back three packs. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, like, some sort of, like, safety test-type pieces that I, I don't know that people even realize, at least I didn't, people realize that that was a stage in the production slash pre-production process. Right. Yeah, he's got these weird things, the unaged reliability sample, mm-hmm. yeah. which is just crazy. I mean, this really sophisticated, I mean, yeah, it really does tie into the engineering pilot stuff, just safety and just someone decided to keep all of these weird things. And it seems to me that there needs to be a lot more items written into the archive. Um, yeah. Because well, I've never even great. heard of unaged. Maybe we should have him on to talk, to do a vintage vocab of unaged reliability. <laughs> Breaking news in relation to that. Another person posted this uh, this morning about. Uh, that's on, my dog's out of control. Oh, that's yeah. your dog? Uh, yeah, that was my dog. No, uh, my dog's name is Anakin, actually. Okay. 
But uh, another per, an, another poster posted that he bought same deal, bought a just a random lot of figures on eBay, uh, and got both an A wing pilot and B wing pilot first shot. Wow, that's uh, that's weird stuff. Wow, it's this crazy. is some kind of crazy find. Well, that's what's great, you know, between between the toy hunter, you know, drumming stuff up and. Because I think yesterday, it was a friend of mine was in town and was talking to me about the podcast, and she was like, there can't seriously still be stuff to talk about, right? I'm like, yeah, we don't, I mean, we could do it every week if I wasn't so lazy, you know? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Well, way to go, uh, Gary. Um, And actually, I also had another debate. Oh. Um, No, you know what, just forget it. I'm going too far already. Uh, and then, Steve, you've bought some new stuff recently. Yeah, I mean, this this isn't anything too crazy, but I guess adding to a, to a B-Wing or B-Wing pilot focus isn't, <laughs> isn't like, the most opportunistic <laughs> way to go. But uh, tra- or Garrett, or Garrett, Jared sent me along a link to an auction for this, like, Kenner Marketing Services survey for a B-Wing. Um, <laughs> and it looks like a, you know, 200-year-old treasure map of the condition <laughs> yeah. of the paper, which yeah. I kind of like, actually. Right. Um, so so it's a survey that was sent yeah. out. If Consumer you, survey, yeah. Did it come with the B-Wing pilot? I'm assuming I mean, it with came the B-wing. with the B-Wing, I'm, I'm assuming, because it's asking about the, the B-Wing ship itself. But just, like, just things about, like, how old was your child? You know, was it a boy or girl? Any suggestions on improving it? Um, how you found out about it? Uh, if you have other Star Wait, Wars Wait, was one of the suggestions for age? 35-year-old man? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fill-in. I, I think <laughs> that should should have been there, though. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's just cool because I, I like the thought of, of someone, a parent, filling this out back then with some kid that was really disappointed <laughs> in the right. B-Wing. <laughs> in the B-Wing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because there's like, you can say you like very much, like somewhat, dislike somewhat, dislike very much. These are, these are your options, but, uh, <laughs> right. Or, or how many hours your yeah. toy was played with. It's, it's just really interesting. I'd, I'd love to see like what they did with this information. Right. They, they kind of represented it, you know? How many hours was it played with on the fifth day? Yeah. That's a good question. Your fifth day of having a B Wing. It's like, <laughs> you kind of start running out of steam. I still attacking the Death Star. Gold, gold wing reporting. Um, I also love the if he or she owns other Star Wars toys, please list below. So, yeah. Steve, could you fill this out and then just list every single one of your B wing toys? Like, yeah. go to one of those weird people who can write on rice to just fill in the entire yeah. thing. Right. Uh, uh, oh, that would be fun. And then no, you've no, been, then cool. you've been buying art, Steve. I have. Um, I've, I've actually got my first commissioned piece from our friend Bruce, but it wasn't for me. Um, he, uh, yeah, he had a, it, this is kind of tangent, it, the timing was perfect, because he had a uh, show out here just around the block from us, really. It had those crazy like wrestlers from the 80s and 90s. Uh, so that was a fun little thing. We got together, and, and a couple collectors came out for that. But uh, what I had got from Bruce was a, <laughs> a velvet painting of Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park, because it's like... Anything, I have, anything Jeff Goldblum can uh, can get Tessa to to melt. So, figured if I want to get something crazy for a birthday present, I, I have to go with something that's like over the top. And uh, luckily, <laughs> she liked it. 
But, uh, yeah, it's, it's so, just, so she's really into Jeff Goldblum. Yes, yes. You know, it's funny. The the ex Madame Payne used to be really into Jeff Goldblum. Um, and actually, I was really into Jeff Goldblum. Um, hey, I got nothing against the guy. I, I remember <laughs> that seems like something Jeff Goldblum would like to come to your house and actually see for himself. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. true. <laughs> It's funny. it's actually hanging in her office, and uh, it, it gets interesting reactions. I, it's it's uh, it's a conversation starter, that's for sure. Because I, I remember when they came out with the Jurassic Park toys, which there's a, a feature on KennerCollector.com about Jurassic Park toys, hey. yeah. um, that they didn't have the licensing rights to the actual characters. So back then, <laughs> I tried to buy action figures of any actor who I really liked. So I love yeah. Dennis Hopper. So I bought the Super Mario Brothers Dennis Hopper and the Waterworld nice. Dennis Hopper, and I kept them in packaging. And I love Jeff Goldblum, and so I bought the Ian Malcolm toy. Yeah. Um, but it didn't look like it didn't look like him. So. <laughs> and, yeah, oh, that's and, funny. And also, have you ever seen the Tall Guy, Steve? No. Okay, so that's that's <clears throat> maybe my favorite uh, Jeff Goldblum movie. Okay. It's like an old British comedy, and he stars in it, and so does Emma Thompson. And uh, I believe it's the only movie starring Emma Thompson with any nudity in it, um, which may or may definitely be the reason I saw that movie. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, it's a pretty good comedy, so you should rent that. Uh, Rowan Atkinson's in it. It's a, it's a good movie. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, we've actually seen Jeff Goldblum play in a little jazz band here in L.A. He had like a, a year run on Wednesday nights, and I think it just came to a close. So hey, it's a it's a Jeff Goldblum heavy little segment, but why not? Yeah. When does that happen? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it could have happened last <laughs> month, and I would have forgotten. So <laughs> uh, we didn't talk about Jeff Goldblum last month, did we, uh, Trevor? Uh, hey, listen, you can never go wrong with little uh, Goldblum talk. That's true. And I haven't even done my Jeff Goldblum impression, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> phew, now that's the news, right? Yeah, that, that should wrap up the news. Is that an hour-long <laughs> news segment? Yeah. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. All right, well, we decided to keep Trevor on for the next segment because... What else are you going to do in Oklahoma with four kids at 10.30 at night, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, are you in Oklahoma City? Uh, just north of Oklahoma City. Okay. What, little town called Edmund. Well, I say little. We're a town. Edna? Edmund. Edmund. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, what's the name of the best restaurant in Edmund? Oh, man. Uh, Lottenville's. There's a place called Lottenville's that's really good. Like, what's the specialty of Oklahoma? Uh, we've got a big burger culture. I mean, there's All right. onion burgers, uh, lots of little, like, organic beef-type burger places. Uh, uh, if you like hamburgers, you're, you're not going to be disappointed here. Okay, onion burgers. All right, good. So that's, that's my goal. Someday, Trevor, I'm going to come out and see you, and you're gonna, we're going to get tra- uh, onion burgers together. Uh, let's do it, man. Any, any excuse I have to go... Uh, to go have an onion burger is, uh, I, I take that every single time. All right, good. Uh, Steve, is that what you want to talk about? Should we end the show? <laughs> um, so you brought up a double nugget. What's up with that, Steve? I mean, I figured it's it's a, I guess I was still in the mindset of like 50 episodes. All right, we could add a little more. Absolutely we can. <laughs> um, but, and uh, we haven't even and- talked about the figure of the month at all. For a while. <laughs> because who cares about Han Bespin, the stupidest figure in the whole world? Anyway. It's the handsomest figure of all. I know, but 
Do, do you have any feelings about Han Bespin uh, besides, you know, confusing feelings? You know what? Uh, my childhood Han Bespin was probably in C9.5 condition uh, because I don't know that it ever got played with. Wow. Yeah. Cause I like the regular, uh, I like the Hoth. I never really played with the Bespin. I'm, I'm sort of somewhat quoting Onyx, but a Han without a vest is like something is missing. You know? <laughs> he doesn't have the stripe yes. on his pants. I mean, it's not Han. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. Um, if there's any Onyx fans out there, uh, just let me know that you got that joke. Kivecast <laughs> at gmail.com, because that was hilarious, but you have to know it, Onyx it, it pretty well. one or less emails. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not much crossover. So, what's the first of your of your nuggets, Steve? All right. So, the first one is a painted hard copy for the Han Bespin figure. Um, this this one, I'm pretty sure, was the one that was from that Earth find from around '99 or 2000, and it's pictured in one of those action figure digest magazines. Um, right. So, we talked about Tomart's action figure digest yeah. earlier, and yeah. when we say the Earth, we mean the toy store that used to exist in Cincinnati. Right. It was a brick and mortar store. I got to go there a couple times. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I got a, uh, a sales sample of the FAO Schwartz exclusive Action Force Chewbacca. Hey. So, that was pretty sweet. Um, so, right. So, that was a big find of, of yeah. hard copies. Right. And, I mean, there's nothing too special about this one in particular other than the, the pants are, are painted in a darker color. It just kind of shows that at this stage they're still kind of choosing their color schemes for figures. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's complete. It looks pretty good. Um, it's on Bespin, so I figured it's good for one nugget but not quite good enough for, for the entire segment, right? Right, <laughs> and also, I mean, if we just got the complaint that we're too figure-heavy, Steve. Yeah, right. I mean, this is a fastball right down the middle. This is, the most, <laughs> this is like as vanilla as you can get. Oh, a hard copy of a figure. Ah, jeez, Steve. So that's why I had to go with a number two, right? Okay, good. Yes, you do have to go for a number two. Yeah. All right, so this one is a little more... Uh, Let's all take a break for a number two. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes. <laughs> um, Steve, right. come on, man. I'm still here. Everything's all right. Um... So what we got here is a piece of artwork for uh, some micro collection figures for the Millennium Falcon. Um, so the set came with the Millennium Falcon set, and one of them is a Han Bespin, <laughs> who is making this just really odd, awkward pose in the original artwork. He's kind of like cowering, or as I think Ron wrote in the art or the write up that he's trying to like give Lando a high five or. <laughs> <laughs> he's dancing. I, I really don't know what's going on with that. But so they eventually changed him to a little more aggressive pose with his his gun. But uh, I just thought that the artwork for the Han was particularly funny. Um. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I wonder if see, that's where I wish that it was easier to make custom stuff because this would be a pretty cool custom to have Han in this expression. He looks like he's almost. Uh, it's almost like a Michael Jackson dance pose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if his hand were up more, what is he doing? Yeah, I'm really not sure. Like, I'm trying to think, like, maybe on the package, if, if there was a way to really do it, but it's got the regular figure on the package. So I don't really know what, <laughs> what they had in mind here. Right. Well, I apologize for those who are not listening on the enhanced uh, version or who can't look at it. But basically, it's Han just 
looking like he's taking a number two, but giving a high five to the person <laughs> behind him. He's almost reaching back to thank Chewbacca for some reason. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's like saying, good there. Good job there, buddy. I think that could yeah. be it. Yeah, but uh, no, I think it's it's cool to see these art pieces kind of as a, a set. Um, and I, I, I don't know, there's a few of them out there for the other other micro figures, but kind of lucked out that there was something funky for, for Han Bespin. Right. Um, well, I think before we even get to the unloved item, I don't know about you, Trevor, but but that that was way too figural for me. <laughs> so, uh, have you guys seen the StarWars.com blog from January about the uh, let's see ice lollies by uh, um, Lions Made? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is a perfect example of the kind of thing we used to talk more about. Canada's Greatest Know-It-All is absolutely correct. So there's an amazing write-up. I will include a link on it, but you can just look up um, Lions Made, L-Y-O-N-S, Made, Ice Cream, uh, Star Wars, and you'll find this. And it's written by Mark Newbold, who's done a lot of great work. His whole, the whole, he's done a, a series of posts around the Star Wars in the UK theme on the StarWars.com blog, and they're all fantastic. Yeah, and I don't think we've talked, maybe we- did we talk about them at all, Steve? About these particularly, or the, or the blog posts? About the blog posts. We, we've made mention of, of Pete Vilmer's post before, but not Mark's, I don't think. Right. Um, it's all real, like super esoteric stuff. Like, I mean, just the kind of stuff that I go nuts for. Right. And it's, uh, and again, it's the kind of thing, almost like the, the article that we made reference to before, uh, with Steve Denny. You kind of have to go read it. Um, but it, it really does bring out some great unloved things. And this is not an official unloved item. Um, right. But just what's great is the writing. Um, and I think it's all pretty different writing. Like the writing about, so it's like a, a lollipop packaging for Darth Vader. And it's got like line art. Well, I don't know if it's line art, but just it's got, you know, colored art. Marvel-esque style art. What's that? Marvel-esque. Yeah, Marvel-esque style art. Darth Vader personifies the evil of the Galactic Empire. The awesome, malevolent figure, dressed in flowing black robes, keeps his face forever masked by a grotesque breath screen. (laughs) Right? Grotesque breath screen? That's pretty good. Beautiful. Yeah, that's fantastic. That is some really great writing. Grotesque breath screen. Uh, let's see. What, what are some other uh, some other good descriptions here? Uh, there's been something I've been working on for a while. I've actually been talking about it with Pete Vilmer. At some point, I want to do a write up, and maybe you can help me out, Trevor. Um, in between seventy seven and seventy nine, Chewbacca's age varies by a hundred years over and over again. Sometimes he's two hundred. Some, sometimes he's one hundred, depending on where he is. Like the tops card is different from uh-huh. the the Weingaroff pendant. Um, and here on the ice lolly, Chewbacca, the 200-year-old giant Wookiee, co-pilots the Millennium Falcon. The huge anthropod has a quasi-monkey face with large blue eyes that soften his awesome appearance. <laughs> that thing has Australian. But, <laughs> it's okay. Right? So here he's 100 as opposed to 200. But again, large blue eyes that soften his awesome appearance. <laughs> uh, you know, like the, the, the beauty of that writing, because awesome 
in the American sense just means good, but in the true sense it means inspiring awe. And uh, yeah, uh, I haven't read Lando. I'm a little bit scared. What do you think? Should I read Lando? Why not? Okay. <clears throat> Should I do an accent or just read it straight? Oh no, accent definitely. Okay. Uh, I, I'm going to. Uh, I have no idea what accent. Okay. This suave and dashing administrator of Cloud City, Lando Carissian is a former associate of Han Solo. Han calls Lando a gambler, con artist, and all-around scoundrel, but nonetheless seeks his assistance in evading Darth Vader. But nonetheless seeks his assistance. But nonetheless seeks his assistance. But nonetheless seeks his assistance in evading Darth Vader. Darth Vader. <laughs> That was boring. That was a, a nice, nice myriad of... I <laughs> yeah, went in Scotland, <laughs> Ireland, and all over the British Isles. It was like a tour of the UK. Yeah, yeah, it was. But uh, <laughs> it's interesting because it's all about... How, what It's all Lando in relationship to Han. So a former assistant of Han Solo, which is not true. Han calls him a gambler, a con artist, but he sees it. That was disappointing. But nonetheless, seeks his assistance in evading Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, lines made. But anyway, so that's uh, definitely something to, to look up. And so I hope this makes people happy that we're making more reference to other stuff. Um, amazingly enough, Han is not on there. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, that is a weird one. Um, because there's a Tauntaun. Like, the Tauntaun gets his own. I guess maybe, yeah. It's interesting that the Stormtrooper is referred to as, quote, the drone of the Galactic Empire. Oh, that's right. I forgot yeah, about yeah. that. That's so well said. Yeah, the drone. Right. Stormtroopers are the drones of the Galactic Empire who carry out a reign of terror among the disheartened worlds of the galaxy. Hidden beneath white armored spacesuits, these fearsome troops enforce the restrictive laws. With callous disregard for human rights. What the hell? <laughs> that gets better and better. The drones of the Galactic Empire who carry out a reign of terror among the disheartened worlds of the galaxy. I mean, this is a perfect example, Trevor, of what you collect. Because yeah. there is nobody in Marin County who is being sent something saying, is this what you want to say? Do you, do you want to say yeah. a reign of terror among the disheartened worlds of the galaxy hidden underneath white armored spacesuits? Yeah, exactly. A callous disregard, disregard for human, for human rights. rights? That's just, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> callous disregard for human rights. Which, of course, you know, human rights were developed in the formation of the National Assembly uh, during the French Revolution. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other story, Steve. I taught that today. <laughs> ah, so fresh on fresh on. That's where brain. right wing and left wing comes from. You know, it comes from the <laughs> National Assembly during the French Revolution, and the people on the right were uh, the the clergy and the nobles who were a little bit more in line with the monarchy, and the people on the left were like the bourgeoisie and the third estate, and they were the more radical. And uh, <laughs> so, if you are like a, a super right wing dude and you say I'm super right wing, you're tacitly supporting the French. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, so good. And now we can have an unloved item, Steve. How about that? Let's see. I guess we can. I mean, this this is nowhere near as cool as those, I have to say. But uh, I guess that's why we're, we're calling them unloved, right? That's right. I'll tell you what. <clears throat> I came a little... I came... I did... I had 10 minutes of prep. Like you said, we, I had 10 minutes of prep. 
Uh, I did find an unloved item in my collection, though. Okay, good. Ooh. You don't hate, only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. The unloved and the unnatural. Which I think, Sky, you'll really like. All right. Um, this is a... I don't know if it was ever released on CD or in any form other than vinyl, but in late 77, okay. this electronic composer named Patrick Gleason released a, uh, a basically a cover of the Star Wars soundtrack, but uh, in, a, in an electronic synth-pop format. Okay. And the great thing about this album is it, it, it comes, you know, in the sleeve with the vinyl, but inserted in there is, quote, a manifesto. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, yes, <laughs> and, and, and this manifesto states, uh, basically that John Williams' music is out of date, Star Wars would have been better with an electronic soundtrack. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it's absolutely fantastic. Well, do, do you have it in front of you? I do not have it in front of me. I've actually got it... Uh, it's actually packed away, or I'd read you the manifesto. Okay. But uh, I, I do believe it is the only Star Wars item ever issued with a manifesto. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> I, I do like that. I'm actually looking online at images of the LP, and it's it's pretty intense because the front is like the skull with like these things shooting out from it. And then, yeah, look it up, Steve. Patrick Gleason, Star Wars. Um, and then on the back is this guy's face. And he's just got this, like, horrible handlebar mustache. And it's all airbrushed. It looks like it should be on the side of a van. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is indeed an excellent, uh, excellent unloved item. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. How, how many unloved items are we going to have in our 50th episode, Steve? I don't know. We could have a couple more if, if you guys are up for it. Everyone loves the unloved. <laughs> um, all right. So this, it's a, it's a pair of uh, unloved items. I figured we haven't really talked much about footwear um, that I can remember anyway. Um, but I found some, some uh, Clark's shoes. I think they're from the seven, late 70s for, for Star Wars. <laughs> And uh, they're like the Skywalker brand. And uh, the first one are like your your active wear. They're, they kind of like have that orange and blue Star Tours-y look to them to yep. me. Uh, I've got this funky X-Wing art on there. And like that would be what the cool kid wore school on a daily basis. So that's, that's shoe number one. Right. And, and you said these, <laughs> these, are, are, Canadian? these are Canadian? Yes, they're, they're Canadian. Um, Talk about obscure. Canadian, Canadian Clark's footwear. That. Those are absolutely phenomenal. You know what the artwork... <laughs> I was unaware that those exist. I, I now have a new most wanted item. <laughs> well, good. We haven't <laughs> even gotten to the, uh, to the lightning round yet. Those are absolutely fantastic. Now, my question is, is that yeah. X-Wing art the 12-back X-Wing art? Ah, uh, that's... It looks very similar, doesn't it? <laughs> it looks it looks similar. Um, it's, it's a very... It, yeah, maybe. Let's, I'm maybe actually looking at the twelve back art, which is in I think Gus's collection, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure. Well, it's I'm pretty sure it's similar. Okay, that's not much of a cut. close. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's then beautiful the, the, orange and blue. This. It it looks yeah. actually kind of like the cleats that the New York Mets might wear. 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, you, those are like the ones I think if you were a kid, you'd be excited to wear. But the second ones, I think this is more of like a ploy to get your kids <laughs> to dress up a little nicer. They're, they're Star uh-huh. Wars quote-unquote dress shoes, Skywalker dress shoes by Clarks. And they're like these weird, funky leather shoes that they have Star Wars on like the inside sole part of the shoe, but on the outside, I think all I can see is just a star. Yeah. So there's no real way to, to designate them as Star Wars shoes other than the inside. But uh, yeah, I think I just thought, why not? I mean, we never, we never talk about anything like this. And for and the funny thing is, there are a ton more of these like Clark shoes. We could go on and on. Yeah. But uh, part of me feels like we need to get Duncan back on to just yeah, yeah. just for a three hour special exclusively about Clark's <clears throat> shoes and potentially <laughs> the Return of the Jedi roller skates. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> one thing I really like is the art on the tag here. It's there's yeah. a, a publicity still that's Mark Hamill dressed up as farm right. boy Luke and he's folding yeah. his arms and smiling. Yeah. And this is a good question, Kivecast at gmail dot com. Is this the only place where that's used in marketing? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, you know that that pose right. and that I've image seen this from still. a lot of other things. Yeah, but yeah. I've never seen it on an item before because you always see him fighting or you see him looking off at the double suns. Uh, right. Or you see him as a gunner, whatever, but not him just looking at you smarmy like, who's going out for a nice meal? You going to get a Shirley Temple? Sure you are, hotshot. Why don't you wear my Skywalkers? You know? That's <laughs> uh, true. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that image used on like a product before. <laughs> he's, re- he's really cool. I mean, he, like Luke actually looks kind of cool in that picture. Uh, <laughs> Ah, wow. Uh, so that's like wow. what? Okay, we've, we've made it. Like yeah. four unloved items? Yeah. Now, I guess... And then some. I, I, yeah. So then the next thing we're going we're gonna to do is going to do the, the, the Vlix is Right. So, Trevor, uh, we're going to do the Vlix is Right, the new market watch thing okay. that we're trying. But before that, because um, I think we're going to sign off uh, before that point. I mean, okay. we'll sign off with you at that point. So we have to get... Of course, the lightning round questions. So our- got to do the lightning round. So be it. So I don't think we've done it for a while. Now, as our listeners may know, I don't actually have the questions saved anywhere. They're just <laughs> I, I remember some of them and forget some of them. So, so yeah. we're going to have to see. Uh, it's a rotating stable, of course. Yes, and stable is not the operative word. It's a rotating, <laughs> instable series of questions. <laughs> sure. Um, I guess we'll start with one of my new favorites. Uh, what is your favorite bad line of dialogue from the Star Wars saga? I'll tell you what, and I, we were going through, my son and I were going through the Star Wars uh, sound book. Okay. And uh, I didn't realize this line existed until, like, two or three days ago, but uh, as the Rebels are uh, encroaching on the Death Star, let's say, one of the pilots says, uh, we've breached the magnetic field. <laughs> That's in the movie? It's in the movie. It's in the movie. It's, it must be really obscure, because like I say, I don't ever remember that line, but I, I mean, what are we to believe that the Death Star has its own magnetic field? Is that, I mean, I... I don't know. I, 
I wasn't 100% sure on exactly what that meant or why he would even say it. Well, so, so then Steve has fired the big gun. Uh, I, I have pilot land over there by that assembly area. And you have, we've breached the magnetic field. That's cool. That's it. Never heard that. Awesome. Uh, well, then, let's see. What is, what's your grail besides the Clark shoes we just looked at? Uh, the, the shoes are awesome, without a doubt. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you what, if I have to pick one, yes. there was, uh, there's a piece that I know was in, uh, it originated with Keller. It might have originated before Kellerman. Okay. But, uh, then it went to, uh, Adam Benefield's collection. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, yeah. He was, he was, I roomed with him in C4. There you go. There you go. It's a, uh. I believe he still owns it. I know he sold off most of his collection, but it is a mock-up of a 65-back Luke Bevan. Huh. Uh, it's, it's a one-of-a-kind piece. It's uh, basically a uh, first shot mounted to a proof card. Wow. It, it's actually not. I take it back. It's not a first shot. I believe it's a production figure mounted to a proof card. Wow. And uh, they don't... Luke Bethman was never issued on a 65 back. Okay, wow. So essentially it's the one 65 back Luke Bethman in existence. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, and I, I can tell you, Adam was a really cool guy. I was bummed that he got out because yeah. he used to have this binder uh, that was before the AFA population report existed. And he had like every AFA sale that had like been done. And he had, I mean, it was like, hundreds of thousands of figures and sale history and he had a really really deep knowledge of uh card back rarity um is is real i think he like got into props a little bit and then he just kind of punched out i don't i don't know what yeah he did and he uh he did a lot of research on i mean card back rarity i mean which is kind of where i got a lot of my information i mean that that's kind of where i, I knew to start looking at uh, you know, which of the Jedi figures were rare and, you know, which ones were not rare. Right. Yeah, awesome. Well, that's, uh, well, if anyone knows where that is, uh, typecast at gmail.com. I think, unfortunately, there are some Luke Bespin collectors who probably. I could imagine, uh, that there would be, if that ever did come up. Yeah. Uh, I, I could imagine there would be some competition for that. Yeah. Um, uh, and actually, before I keep going, Lion's Maid would like you to know that C-3PO is a tall robot with a gleaming metallic surface. His human-like appearance is often matched with his human-like behavior. Oh. <laughs> Again, more great writing. <laughs> um, all right, then uh, let's get to the traditional. If your house were burning, what is the one item you would grab? I would probably... Or if it's a tornado, I guess. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, our standard tornado protocol actually is take all the valuable stuff and put it in the dryer with a uh, with the bedspread. Really? Yeah, our, our laundry room's right in the middle of the house, and so uh, anytime we have tornadoes, standard protocol: grab all the stuff, throw it in the dryer, and hope for the best. Wow! Wow! <laughs> But uh, if I had to grab one thing, it is it would probably be a uh, – and, and this is weird because I'm not super into prototypes. Like, prototypes is not really my thing, but I've got a uh, 
nine um, sixty-five back proof uh, that was cut out of one of the larger sheets at some point. Okay. So it's got a couple inches of the white border around it. If you can picture yes. that, it, it was it was one of the sheets at eight. Okay. That I guess was at some point cut into singles and sold as singles. Cool. So that's it. All right. Um, I was, I just didn't know if there's going to be like something crazy, like and it's I don't know, got your name written on it or something. The crazy. Well, no, there's not really. I'll tell you though. Uh, one of the neat, what a, high up on my list, just because I had so much fun at the archive party, was uh, I've got the General Maydean that came out of that Kenyatta. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> which I keep, I keep thinking that some figures with that archive party sticker are going to show up on the forums, but they never do. At some point, they will. You know, it's the old Belloc thing. You know, eventually you'll yeah. be worth something. Um, yeah. <laughs> because who would have ever thought that ice lolly wrappers would be valuable? You know. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, returning to Lions Made, just because it, it pleases me to jump back to it. The product itself was called a chocolate ice lolly with chocolate flavored coating and sugar balls. That sounds really good to me. Yeah. I want to eat sugar balls. That just sounds <laughs> like sugar balls on an iced lolly. Uh-huh. That's, just, that's just a dream. And Princess Leia was once a senator and a princess on Alderaan. Princess Leia is now a dedicated leader of the rebel effort. Beautiful, but outspoken and courageous. Leia is undaunted in her struggle to over to outgrow imperial tyranny. <laughs> beautiful but outspoken. Like that's a real character, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and she's looking, but she's a bit yappy. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, great. Then that leaves us, of course, with my favorite question: If you were a vintage collectible or figure. Trevor the Tweeter Tutor, which one would you be? It'd definitely be one of the Cantina Aliens, I think. Okay. Um, I, I'd probably go with Walrus Man. Um, okay. But I might also go with, uh, like, the Chewbacca Rump mug. Okay. <laughs> the California uh, Originals? Yeah. Because they're both just a little bit off. Like, uh... Right. You know, you know, you you look at them, and it's just they seem to be a normal item. But once you kind of get in there, they're they're both a little, just a tad bit off. Okay, and that's what that. Now they both have very prominent front teeth. Do you have prominent front teeth? Uh, not super prominent. No. Okay, it's not like a defining characteristic of you. It, it, no, it's it's the. Uh, I don't know, just a take off characteristic. I'd say. Okay. All right. Wow. Well, cool. Quirky, if you will. Right. A, a little quirky. Yeah. I, I could see it. Huh. Um, actually, totally on another side, uh, have you guys seen, well, you probably saw the last Hobbit movie. Well, Steve hasn't because he hates whatever, that stuff. All right. That's but, not true. But my, my, uh, <laughs> You know what? I'm with, I'm with Steve, not a big fan of the Hobbit movie. Well, like, <laughs> you know, my, my kids sort of got into it, so we went and saw it, and, like, there's a lady elf. And I was like, man, she's she's really hot. I can't quite figure out why. I couldn't figure out who she was. And then I saw I was like, man, she's got she's got weird front teeth. And then that's when I realized it was the girl from Lost. 
Yeah. Uh, who I've always had a thing for since Lost, but I didn't know who it was until I saw, and then I actually thought of the rump mug because I've always thought that she had those kinds of teeth. Oh, there uh, you go. So there's Jared's assignment. Can you make a rump mug out of Evangeline Lily's face? I don't know. <laughs> that, that's a tough assignment, Scott. <laughs> that, that, that is awfully obscure. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, I I would say that's a pretty good lightning round. Steve, what do yeah. you think of me breaking it up with the nonsense? I think that's fine. I mean, when when you have nonsense <laughs> that is pure gold like that, it's <laughs> right. <laughs> Eventually, in Lily's teeth qualifies as pure gold. That's that's good. Uh, hey, she would be good in the new Star Wars movies. Yes. You know, because, like, she's down with Abrams, and she's, like, pretty, but she's not, like, supermodel pretty. Uh, yeah, she'd be great. She looks kind of Leia-y, you know? Yeah. Okay. We just got a little, too, a little too fanboy. It, it makes Steve uncomfortable, Trevor, when we talk about, like, Star Wars. You <laughs> um, start to mumble and trail off. Yeah, Steve's like, dude, I only talk about 4 through 6. I don't even call it 4 through 6. I call it Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. Those are the only movies that exist, dude. Uh, even Caravan of Courage is too new for me, man. See, I'm, I'm bummed out that you assumed I didn't like the new Hobbit movies. That's not true. We talked last year, and you didn't like the film aspect ratio or some nerdy film no, thing. No, I don't know what it was. That, that didn't have to do with the movie. It was the... The weird 3D hi-fi whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, whatever. All right. Okay, but you do like... Oh, and plus... Oh, I finally went to the, the, the Museum of Film in Rochester, Steve. Or oh, the, the Eastman the, the Museum. George, the George Eastman, Eastman House? Yeah. Nice. You seriously got to come out. I do. they have like all these cool old cameras and stuff, and that's where they have all the archives. Oh, yeah. Um, that'd be so much fun. What you yes. should do, Steve, we'll meet in Oklahoma. We'll get an <laughs> onion burger with Trevor. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then we'll just drive straight to Rochester. Like, you there you know. go. The thing is, you can't just get one onion burger because there, there's a city about 30 or 45 minutes west of here where literally the onion burger was invented. And uh, there's like three little diners there that uh, all have very slightly different burgers. So you, you really have to try all three. you, you got to come with an appetite. I, I, like, honestly, I would, I would probably pay... About two hundred dollars right now. If if just right here, I could have those three onion burgers. Like right here, I would absolutely pay three hundred bucks. That, there is. It, that sounds You would wonderful. not believe the amount of debate that goes into these subtle differences of onion burgers around here. Well, you know, I went to Philadelphia for like three days and I ate four different cheesesteaks. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm very into this. So this yeah. is this is actually making its way on. To, how far is it from Kansas City to Oklahoma? It's like a day it's and a half. Five hours. Are you serious? It is. That's not bad. You're five hours from Kansas? Yes. Oh, man. It, well, from Kansas, Kansas City is not really Kansas. Right, it's Missouri. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I got my summer plan, Steve. But listen, <laughs> I'm not even lying. Food minutia discussion is right up there on my list with Star Wars discussion. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a good if plan. If you ever start the food minutia at cast. Let me know. I'm right there with you. All right, cool. Well, cool. Speaking of not a segue, uh, we're going to try our new Vlix is Right segment. So I guess we'll go use the old Market Watch drop because that's one of my best drops. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. 
one dollar flicks. Market Watch. Yeah, actually, I just hit record, Trevor. So you you can you can tell me again because we're doing the market watch. And he told me what a what a graded eight point five Jordan rookie goes for. And what was it again, yeah, Trevor? It looks like there's several right in this very same range, but uh, this one I'm looking for just sold for two thousand six hundred and fifty one dollars. So th- there you go. G- goes to show S- sell when it's hot. But uh, we're we're here with Randy, and uh, so you go by Kenner seventy six on Rebel Scum. Yeah, and I f- I feel like you've responded to us a lot, right? Like I I uh, you're like a long time listener, right? Yes, I've been listening since before celebration six. So I was at the archive party and everything. So yeah, it was a blast, by the way. Oh yeah, well, we've been we've been talking about some new ideas. So for the, cool. for the next archive party, yeah, awesome. I I remember because my ex father in law's name is Randy. Um, oh, nice. Which totally ruins the sexual usage of the word Randy. Um, <laughs> Kit's like, are you feeling Randy? Ah! Um, <laughs> but I'm sure you've been dealing with that your whole life. Um, yeah, well, awesome. Where where are you out of, uh, Randy? Um, I'm from the Twin Cities area in Minnesota. Oh, cool. So that's... Are, are you anywhere near Fantastic Pete? Oh, uh, you know, I'm not sure. You guys should get together. Well, yeah, I'm just a suburb, just north of yeah, the Twin Cities. So, is it anywhere near Edina? Oh, it's not too far. That's about a half an hour from my place. So, okay, I have a friend from Edina, but apparently that's like the super shishi suburb. Of, so, if you say that, everyone's like, "Oh, yeah. Edina! Oh, I see." <laughs> it's but, the uh, ritzy area of town, definitely. Right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's cool. All right. Well, good. We're well represented. We have the mid. We have Oklahoma. We have Minnesota, New York, and California. So, Steve, you're going to be the MC for this, but I'm going to explain right. the rules here. Yes, please do. So, this is a game that is 100% ripped off from the Adam Carolla show, uh, where they have something called the Rotten Tomatoes game, where the guy who runs Rotten Tomatoes comes on and and says a movie, and they have to guess what the Rotten Tomatoes score is. And so that's what we're going to do. So Steve's going to give us a certain number of figures with a short description. We're going to have to guess how much we think it sells for, and then however many we're away, that's our score. And then we count up our scores at the end. I say we round down to like the closest $5, because we're not going to be that close. And then we count it up, and then we see who wins. And whoever wins, that means they live in the greatest state in the world. <laughs> it's a battle for state pride. Yes, although I actually don't care for New York State that much, so yeah, I, uh, I'm with you there. I, You're I, yourself. Yeah, I, I will be uh, fighting for Arkansas. Um, so uh, I'll take North Dakota. Okay, are you sticking with Minnesota? What are you feeling, Randy? Um, um Mountain, Minnesota. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with Minnesota. Okay. Okay, cool. Hey, you guys, ready? Yes, we are ready, Steve. All right, so we're going to start with uh, with Pete's uh, general market watch. Okay. All right, so item number one yes. is an Atari Return of the Jedi Death Star battle game, mint in sealed box, great condition. It's it's an awesome video game. Okay, I'm writing down my number right now. 
Okay, is everyone their number down? Yep. Okay, I, I said 105. Randy? 100. 100, okay, Trevor? I'm going to go a little higher. Uh, I'm going to say 150. One fifty. Okay, it has it's to be the number. Game. It has to be the number you wrote down. You can't change it based on our thing now, Trevor. Okay, yeah. hang on. I'm writing it down right now. One fifty. Okay, we got it. Gotta... I had it in my head. Okay, good. Because that's the All whole right. game has to work that way. Steve, what is it? Yeah. Okay. okay. Gotcha. So the final sale price was two seventy three. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Oh boy, I'm already out with the math. I can't figure this out. <laughs> Someone else doing this? You want to just do a simple? Whoever wins that round gets a point. <laughs> there you go. I like that. There you go. Now that's, we're talking. That's much right. better. Right, okay. So One point goes forever. to North Dakota. Okay. Okay. Ready for number two? Wait, so, right. so an Atari yep. sealed box goes for two hundred and seventy. Yeah. Two hundred and seventy-three bucks. That makes um, sense. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Atari so, was on its way out when they made those Return of the Jedi games, so there's just it, it's a low production game compared to most of the others. Oh, okay. It's good to know. Um... Okay, so number two is a boxed, mint and sealed box Millennium Falcon in the Star Wars uh, Star Wars box AFA eighty. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's start with you, Trevor. Eighty-seven hundred. Okay, what did you say, Randy? Uh, Five thousand. Okay, I said three thousand four hundred ninety-five dollars. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sky, you got that one. It was thirty-eight hundred. Whoa! Ah! I'm the best. Yeah, you guys are terrible. I am great. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'm a bad sport, by the way. All right, so that's uh, that's one point for Arkansas, and right now Minnesota's rolling low, but it's okay. All right, Steve, what's next? Okay. All right, up next we got a Lily Lady Red Cape Bib Fortuna. Uh, it's a loose figure, uh, graded AFA eighty-five. Lose. Boy, I'm not feeling too confident about my guess. Let's start with you, Randy. What did you write down? Uh, 2500 Oh, boy. That's a lot higher than mine. I went with $709. $709 for Scott. I split the middle, 932 932 Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, this is actually... Let's see. Uh, okay. 1488 Wow. <laughs> huh. So, 14... I guess that goes... Man, my math is terrible. <laughs> Steve, you got to be doing it more. I think Randy won that one, right? Yeah, I think Randy got that one. Nice. All right, we're all not Randy got one. a point. Wow, okay. so, so 1,500. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, that makes sense because it's, it's such a rare figure. And they've been really going up in products lately, too. Yeah, all the... The, the well, in the fact that you, I, I mean, I think grading probably adds additional value to that figure because you get the, uh, I mean, quote unquote authentication. Yeah, it's true because that's so that's faked so many times. Yeah. Yeah. Security. <laughs> um, okay, you guys ready for number four? Of course. We have yep. a Power of the Force carded Anakin Skywalker that graded AFA eighty yellow, so it has a, a yellow bubble. Okay. Oh, jeez. This is not going to be good. <laughs> I'm going to do horrible on this one. All right, I think it's my turn to go first. Uh, 3,500. Okay. Uh, let's go to Randy next. Uh, 3,700. Oh, jeez. All right. Tweeter-duder? I went 5240. Ooh. Ooh. 
All right. Well, that one goes to Trevor. It was 5,500. Hey. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Nice job. It's up there. Wow. So an AFA 80 Anakin goes for five grand. Yeah. It's, it's yep. weird, Steve. It's all starting to make more sense when you play it like a game. Yeah. <laughs> if we just say, hey, you haven't said man yet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's a whole different it's, game. It's changing the entire, uh, <laughs> changing the entire construct of the market watch. I think I think this is going to be really controversial, Steve, because <laughs> we're not analyzing the items at all. We're not really talking about them very much. It's but a different it's, take. Yeah, it could be more fun. Okay, all right. So here we go. Uh, okay, this is a final item in the first round. Okay. Uh, okay, so we got an R two D two wind up Canadian. A carded wind-up R2. So it's oh, 80, AFA 85. Ooh. Oh, God. So high grade. Carded ah. Canadian wind-up R2. <laughs> I don't know. How are the Canadians doing? You know? Like, how? that really has to do with the Canadian dollar, eh? Like, <laughs> I think it's going pretty well. But, jeez. <laughs> okay, uh, I think it's Trevor's turn to go first. All right, Trevor, 2200. Twenty-two hundred. Okay. Okay. Uh, then Randy. Uh, I'll say forty-two hundred. All right. Okay. And I said I thought the Canadians are doing really well after the Olympic victory. Uh, so I, I wrote six thousand. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, Sky, you got it. Fifty-five hundred. Oh yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, that is a great feeling. That is such a great piece. The Takara wind up, made in Japan, sold in Canada. Sold in Canada. Yeah, that's the one. <sighs> okay, so after round one, we got uh, Sky and Trevor with two apiece and Randy with one. So here's round two. This is all Han Bespin. Arkansas represent. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, played for your home state. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so now, like I said, all Han Bespin items now. The first one up. Okay. It's an Empire Strikes Back 41A, uh, graded AFA 85 yellow. Oh, my God. Ooh. I, this is terrible. I don't know anything. Oh, my God. I have no idea. I'm just writing numbers <laughs> at this point. Uh, is, this, is this what you sounded like in school taking tests? <laughs> like no, I was, I was usually crying because there's a oh. denominator. <laughs> uh, all right. I think it's Randy's turn to go first. Okay. All right. I'll say 600. Oh, boy. I think it's my turn to go second. I said 300. This guy is 300. Okay. 384. 384. Okay. Trevor, you got this one. 370. Ooh. Wow. So, so Trevor uh, is in the lead with three. That's a strong price for a yellow bubble figure, I think. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess because it's 85 and it's... No. It's 85 across the board, like the CBF, all 85s, but it's got the yellow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, Steve, I think I think you can say one now for that one. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. Man. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, we can also rate how outrageous we feel the price is by how many mans they get. So that's like <laughs> a one to three man. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, so number two, we got another 41A. Um, this one's ungraded. It's got a price sticker, but it's got a clear bubble and, and no major damage otherwise. Oh. Jeez. Okay, uh, let's see. I think it's uh, Mo. My turn to go first. I'm just going to go with the same thing. 
three hundred dollars and five cents. <laughs> okay. I went exactly half. One ninety two. One ninety two for Trevor. Okay. What okay. do you got, Randy? Three twenty. Three twenty. Oof. Okay. Two fifty five. So that one goes to. Oh wait. That goes to Trevor, right? <sighs> yeah. Man. Randy, what are Trevor we gonna do? With, we we need to like Trevor with four. <laughs> we need to gang up on him, Randy, or else this North Dakotan <laughs> jerk is gonna take all of our shine, you know? I know. He knows his prices. I guess so. You know, I I didn't we were debating about whether or not to have him on, uh, Randy, whether it be, you know, both of you or, or, or just uh just you and me, but um, I really regret this decision. <sighs> All right. Uh, all right. You got you got a couple more here. Okay. Um, so number three, it's an ESB forty one D. So that's the Oculus back, ungraded. The card's pretty warped. It's got some creases, but the bubble seems okay. Oh my god! I'm just <laughs> writing down numbers. Can uh, we ask if there's bubble denting? Is that is that legitimate? Um, Any bubble denting at sure. all? From the small picture, it doesn't look like there's any major denting. It's hard to tell. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't look cracked or, or crushed or anything. But it's uh, it's hard to tell on this one. Okay. But the card itself is definitely at seen better days. Seen better days. Oh, okay. Well, I've written down my answer, and so is Trevor. Trevor, what do you say? Seventy-eight. Trevor oh. at seventy-eight. Okay. Okay. Well, what did you say, Randy? Uh, one twenty. All right, and I wrote down 105. Ooh. Okay, Sky, you got this one. It's 100 on the dot. Mm. Wow. So, Sky, you're up to three? Yeah, okay. So, it's wait, it's four, three, and one? Four, three, one. Okay, so I got think... got two items to go. I think, Ran- <laughs> I think Randy is statistically eliminated. You can still play along with him. I think we still got to have him in there, though. Yeah, you can play spoiler. Yeah, we got a um. couple more to go here. And you're also our like right. inaugural player, so that's pretty cool. You were the first person to respond to the post. So. Oh, cool. Yep. Okay, here we go. So now we got a, a Return of the Jedi 65B AFA 75 yellow. So it's okay, got a yellow. We, we need to recuse Trevor because he's Mr. It's so cool and yellow, you know. All right, I'm sorry. I wasn't even listening. I was so angry at this North Dakotan. Getting we have names for them down here in Arkansas. Okay. Wait, so, what, what was the grade? Uh, the grade was AFA 75Y. I don't... Why would you even sell that? <laughs> is, is that is that a rare... Because you were angry that it came back with a 75? Yeah. Is that is that a rare 75 back, a Han Bespin? I imagine it is, based on what you said earlier. It's a middle... It's a middle of the road. It's not... They're not super hard to find, but if you... Uh, if you keep an eye out, you can find them. Okay. Uh, I think it is Randy's turn to go first. All right. I'll say 85. 85? Oh. Okay. All right. Then I think it's Trevor's turn to go next. I'll say 125. 125. Oh, my goodness. And I went okay. wicked low. Wait, wicked is a Boston term. What do we say <laughs> in, in Arkansas? Uh, well, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to do my Clinton impression. Uh, 60. <laughs> Uh, all right, Trevor, you're running away with this one. It was a uh, 200, so you were you were the closest at 125. Wait yeah. a second, a, 70, a 75 yeah. Y. No offense, 65 back. 
went for two hundred dollars. Yeah, Steve, how many mans you given that? I want to give that three. That's a lot of mans. Yeah, that should get a lot of mans. That somebody overpaid for that. You you can get those cheapers. Yeah. 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 I had to throw some some random ones. That was a tough one to guess. Yeah. I would not have guessed anywhere near that. Well, now All I'm right, the last eliminated. last item stuck for. <laughs> but, hey, but this wait, is for posterity. We, we gotta... can, no, we could still play that. Randy and me combined tie the Trevor. <laughs> okay, so nice. this okay. is the unholy oh, Minnesotan Arkansas alliance overthrow. Right. Okay, right. So are, are you because right. we have two choices now, uh, Randy? So we can do this. <laughs> okay, here we go. Item five. It's a tri-logo Han Bespin AFA-75. Oh, you bastard. <laughs> 75 Han Bespin. Oh, man. Let me think. ESB. That's tri-logo. I don't... Is that a... I don't... Uh, it's great. I don't... All right. I'm going... I'm, I'm doing it. All right. I've written down my answer. I'll go first. Okay. 400? Okay. Ah, I went real close. 387. Oh. 387? Okay. Okay. 380. 280. 280. Well, that goes to Randy. It was 289.95, so you were pretty close. Yes. Wow. Right. We did it, Randy. <laughs> we beat Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> overthrow at the last minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Overthrow. It was. It was like I, you know, I was, I was sitting there getting electrocuted, and you picked them up and you threw them into the drink. There you so, go. No, good, good, good job, Trevor. Yeah. That was. Uh, so we'll have to see. You will have to email us, kivecast at gmail dot com. Let us know what you think of the new Market Watch feature. Of course, you can always go to kivecast market watch at wordpress dot com to see all of the features because it's yeah, all there's there's a lot more jam packed so. with fun stuff, um, but really. We don't really need to say it again, or maybe we do. Maybe we'll go back to the way we used to do it. Who knows? Um, <laughs> we think a lot about the Market Watch segment, Steve. Hey, it's it's uh, there's a lot of content there. So. Yeah. Um, well, cool. I think I think that's fun. I and and I don't know. Do, do we just stop now, Steve? <laughs> well, we should thank Randy for for again <laughs> yeah, yeah, for coming yeah. on. Today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks again for for uh, willing to to give it a shot. Um, yeah, and, thanks uh, for having me on, guys. Like I said, it's fun to actually be a part of the show since I've been listening for so long. Well, uh, I think th- uh, Steve and I are going to do our traditional feedback and talk about baseball bit uh, that we always do on our <laughs> own. But I want to thank Trevor for coming on and yeah. basically being on for most of the show. And Randy, it's really fun having you as the first sort of official contestant on the Vlixes Right and uh, re- representing the, the great state of Minnesota. <laughs> Um. Yeah, hey, Steve. Why does it feel so weird saying goodbye right now? <laughs> I don't know. We've been having fun. Maybe that's it. <laughs> I guess that's it. Should, should we do? I know right. what we'll do. Steve. Oh, wait, wait. Are you ready, Randy? This is the new idea. Okay, Steve. This is mm-hmm. this is okay. Winner take all. This is the last one right here. Next one wins it. Okay. <laughs> that's what we're gonna do. Next one wins it. Right? Do you do you agree, Randy? Sure. Okay, I agree. Good. So that that's a majority vote. Next okay. one. Let's do it. Let's okay. go. Let's right. do it. And then immediately after okay. that, then I'll just hit hang up, and there'll be no awkward goodbyes. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. All right. You and and so in advance, thank you guys for being on. Okay. Winner take yeah. all. Here we go. All right. Here we go. 
this is going to come from the, the general Market Watch segment. Okay. So, we've got a Darth Vader die-cast TIE Fighter uh, in, in very nice condition. It's not graded or anything, but it's in, in really nice shape. Uh, it's got a price sticker on there. That's that's about all I can tell you. <laughs> you are Wait, do we know if it's the short wing or long wing version? Oh, Oh man, that's that's something I'm not sure of. Steve, you are a sadist. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Darth Vader, Tie Fighter, good condition. All right, I've got my number, and I'm sticking to Hang it. Hang on. Okay. <laughs> okay, I got it. Okay, Randy, you got your number written down. I'm ready. Yep. Okay, I say I say we all say it at the same time. Okay. All right. And then we'll repeat them. No, that's stupid. Okay, I I said two I said two fifty. What'd you say, Randy? Uh, one hundred. Okay, what what'd you say, Trevor? Right in the middle, one seventy nine. Oh my goodness! Uh, Sky is the winner. Two twenty. Yes! Oh! oh! Undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what 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 was the number, Steve? Two twenty three. Two twenty three. Mm. Yep. That seems like a good price and a good way to go out. So we will uh, 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 go on to the rest of the show. But uh, thanks a lot, Randy. And, and next, good luck next time, guys. You know, it's hard to beat the king. You know, it's just, it's, it's just kind of the way well, it is. That's why you have your own podcast, right? <laughs> that's right. That, that, that's, that makes me the host. <laughs> All right, guys. Wampa thanks, Wampa. Guys. Thanks. Thanks. Money, cash. Money, cash. Neuter pets. Here at the Kivecast... We really do care. You can email us at kivecast at gmail.com. You can call us at our special Wampa line. That's kivecast at gmail.com or 1765kivecast at gmail.com. Twitter us at kivecast or join us up on our Facebook page. We really do care. Hey, Steve. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> that, I just for some reason it felt weird saying goodbye because like yeah. it felt you know what it was it was weird having Randy on and not having it not like doing a whole bit right because like right. I wanted to ask him like what did he collect and yep. Yep. all that stuff but it was too much because we'd done the whole thing with Trevor you know yeah. yeah I guess we could have him back on some other time yeah let's see why not it's just like it's kind of merging into that almost live radio type of yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you really don't get to know. It's like a common, it could be like a common caller that calls in, you kind of get to know over time. What about that? Yeah, that's how it feels. Cause it's like I've, he's posted a lot and I, you know, like I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just weird because I tend to be so like, I don't know, like distant or something. I don't mean to be, you know. What, what, what am I talking uh, about? Okay. You're all right. I'm all right. Yeah. You're all right. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Sweet. So we got lots of feedback. We did. We did get a lot. Um, <laughs> let's, see. let's see. So uh, Chad Fett said that a figure mentioned in the market, he called it the market barometer segment. Hey. Which, that's <laughs> which I liked. So he was the person who bought the AFA 80 clear bubble Yoda. Yeah. And uh, the ears, the ears broke it. That's so. a bummer. That that's a sad story, not as yeah. sad as my Uzai breaking its bubble in transit. That's pretty rough. Um, but well, I don't know. At the time, it wasn't that rough. Now that's like a four thousand dollar break. At the time, it was like a two hundred dollar break. 
Um, people loved the story with Ron. Yeah, now that that was a uh, that was one for the ages. <laughs> it, it was, and it's funny because I think I'd heard I've heard a lot of stories of Fluffy. So Fluffy is is achieving cult status. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, like for me, like the initial excitement of hearing it, it wasn't quite the same. So I didn't know what it would be like for the listeners to hear. Um, but obviously, Ron knows how to spin a tale. That's and, true. Uh, and those stories are just great. And and the mystery of it. What's cool is that Chris Jorgulius unveiled some of the mystery. Right. Yeah. That's uh, it. Flu- or not fluffy, but the woodchuck. Right. He's uh, what, yeah. he's he's pictured in uh, I think a photo in the the the, the documentary Brian Stillman's yeah. Last Galaxy. Yeah. In Last Galaxy, which we're still still vibing off of. Whoa. I almost said we're still vibing off of that. <laughs> Steve, this is it's really not good, dude. That's a bad <laughs> thing to say. I said gnarly earlier, but <laughs> you know what it is, Steve? I. I have this love-hate relationship with the Opie and Anthony radio show. It's on XM, so I just listen to it a lot. And, and they're not uh-huh. great, but they do this thing where they make fun of other radio shows, and that's really funny. But the best thing they do is they listen to themselves when they were younger, and oh, they make fun of themselves. That's one of the, the toughest things. <laughs> it is so funny, because they were yeah. so... like, And so one of them would always try to sound like a surfer dude, even though he totally wasn't. So they just ridiculously make fun of themselves. And so that's one of the things is they always talk like gnarly, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. So, anyways, um, uh, yeah, I listen to a lot of misogynist radio personalities, um, which is weird for for a feminist. But there you go. Um, Let's see, what do we want to hit next here? Well, uh, I like that Darth Skeletron contributed the fact that Dengar was the first Kenner naming error. Oh right, yeah. Um, that apparently. I didn't know this, that he originally called the banished character Zuckus, but Kenner got it confused and called him uh, Dengar, and that was what ultimately led to Forlom being called Zuckus. Yeah, it's a weird kind of twist and turn thing. I just realized when we were talking about the script last month, in a different version of it, um, <laughs> Zuckus actually is Tuckus. And, uh, Tuckus? <laughs> Dan- yeah, Tuckus. And Dengar, they're, they're still kind of described as similar characters, but yeah, it's it definitely seems like a, a case of mistaken identity if he had been named Tuckus that would have been the greatest character in all of Star Wars because that's that's it's a Yiddish name right for a, a rear end uh, you're right that's yeah, yeah, maybe that's I think it's Yiddish I mean all the cool stuff is Yiddish um Kivecast at gmail.com if you know the etymological root of Tuckus and if that's really what Zuckus's name is going to be and actually I was looking through some of the comments on the Jordan story about uh-huh. the fine, and there's a big debate because they call it AT AT in the video. Oh, I think I even got got involved in that, didn't I? God, I don't they're know. talking about. No, oh, I don't know. It's, that's another can of worms. But <laughs> once again, it's officially AT AT. Um, <laughs> that was like what our third episode. That that was a that was a long time ago. That we, was really early. We opened that up. And 50 uh, episodes, Steve. It is pretty cool. It's it's a lot. Yeah. yeah, it is, and it's cool because it means something to other people. Like when people ask me, "Hey, you still doing that show?" I'm like, damn straight, I'm recording the 50th episode at some point in the next four months. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, what's the funny thing, Steve, is that I'm. Did you know that I'm never late? Like that's right. like that, that's one of my character traits. Like I am literally never late. 
Like I'm never, I'm always five to ten minutes early for everything I ever. Kind of about in in person in events. Yeah, yeah, in person. <laughs> okay. Just like I'm ridiculously punctual. The the punctual professor. Yeah, I, but I am. That's yeah. like, like that's almost a mania with me. So it's funny that the show. Can it be, allows your your other side to kind of let loose. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think, and also it's like. It's the fact that I have that mania that makes sure the show keeps going. Yeah. Because I mean, I like obviously I love doing the show. It's a great thing, but it would be very easy, you know. Like it's hard for me to maintain its place in my life, but it's that sense of obligation that keeps me on time that keeps this being late. So <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, uh, that's, that was you know it's a good point, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it definitely explains our, our production schedule. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you want to call it that. Um, um, and I don't know, uh, Brisbane, Brisbane, Mike um, uh, pointed out the zombie customs oh, we yeah. made, which I don't. know. What do you think of those, Steve? You know, it's funny. The the Luke Hoff actually like reminded me one of my first like childhood nightmares, and it's probably the reason I couldn't watch Empire, which maybe we'll get into more when we actually talk about Luke Hoff. But like. It involved him being just completely chopped up uh, out in the snow, <laughs> and uh, it looks like that to me. Like I, I was scared of of Hoth for some reason from this nightmare I had, and that that figure just triggered some weird, <laughs> deep seated memory huh. of fear. <laughs> yeah, well, we mean, can we can re- recap that later, but that's, it, that's it, the first thing that came to mind for me. It, it is pretty scary. The uh... The, the zombie custom figure. It's a thing that people have been doing, I guess, is just making zombie custom figures of stuff yeah. in general. And it's yeah. sold for like 25 bucks or something. <laughs> R2-D2 is a sophisticated computer repair and information retrieval robot. Can only speak with another robot in a series of electronic sounds. His thick, clawed legs carry the feisty, rebellious automaton into a series of dangerous encounters. (laughs) That is the most ridiculously over-explained information retrieval robot who can only speak to another robot in a series of electronic sounds. His thick, clawed legs? He has thick, clawed legs? (laughs) This is great. Uh, Yeah. That deserves like a poetry book all on its own. Those, uh. yeah, I'm thinking. I mean, with all the British stuff, with like the the bubble bath and the space freaks and all that. Yeah, uh, um, that'd be a pretty good book just to flip through, just with a great British copy. Um, you get the sense there's all these people being trained at Oxford in English literature, and then they just get out and just get a job working for a lollipop company. Right. <laughs> um. Speaking of Canada's greatest know-it-all. This is why I'm proud to be Canadian. This season on Canada's Greatest Know-It-All... Scott! He likes listening to the Paltoy ad voice. He thought he was listening to Keith Richards. Um, <laughs> and he mentioned that the shrink-wrapped figures, of course, Han, Bespin was also one. Right, yeah. Um, but what's cool is, in Canada, they called him... Uh, they didn't say Bespin. Right, it was Cloud City. Right, it's Cloud City, which makes a lot more sense because there were no Bespin playsets in the vintage era. Not labeled Bespin, yeah. It was, right. uh, yeah. They were all so, labeled Cloud City, he said, right. ho- hoping he was correct. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I'm correct. <laughs> what, what's great is we... <laughs> 
I think there's there, there was only one. <laughs> yeah, the classic. We, we, we didn't have multiple. Thank, thankfully. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that does make sense though. Right. Um, so he said that they were eventually resold individually on the pegs uh, at some discount retailers for a brief time once the initial run at Sears Canada was over. Additional runs of the figures were not made on the blank cards. They were just released. Uh, they were already existing overstock from unsold multi-pack sets. Examples of these figures have been found with Woolco and Kmart price tags on them. As Ron mentions, the bumps are holes in the card back to allow the air to pass through, and the plastic is adhered to the figure and card. They allow for a tight seal. You can read more about the figures at the Canadian Star Wars Gallery. Now then he goes on to mention... Neil Young and the Road Eyes. Yeah, yeah, that, but, that brings back uh, our old talk of uh, the Jawa. Yeah, we've definitely talked about that before because yeah. that's one of my favorite items. You're, you're definitely, yeah, that was. Yeah, I remember the, you being quite enthused. The Rust Never Sleeps poster because Neil Young yeah. is my favorite artist and Star Wars is my favorite movie and mixing them all together. Um, but uh, yeah, and that's where he says that we should have cut out some of the fluff. Well, we haven't cut out the fluff. That's true. Um, <laughs> But to be honest, people love the fluff. And if they don't, I don't know, listen to a different Star Wars vintage podcast with Steve. Um, <laughs> you're not on any other podcast, Steve, are you? No, I'm not. Okay. Uh, so you got some good Photoshop work, David Tree. Yes. Uh, oh, did, man. did a great uh, GIMP image. Yes. Um, and uh, he had a great one of You've Been Dengard. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just an empty toilet paper roll. Uh, uh, Jared yeah. gave us uh, Dengar as a Ghostbuster. Yeah. And Brian Dengar, he. Dengar. That was great because I had a feeling that I was right. And I was just, Jared proved me right on both of those. Yeah, it was, that was definitely vindication on, on Dennehy. <laughs> I'm not sure we've really uh, given them anything to do with this episode. I wonder what they can do. I think, yeah, they're going to have to, to get creative with, uh, with their own devices, I think. I, it's okay, though. Yeah. You know what I'd love, Steve? I would love to, to... I mean, this is obviously not something that... It would take a lot of work. But to make one of these lolly wrappers, but just of you and me, <laughs> and have it say, like, you know, Stephen B. Danley is a sophisticated, you know, film technician and information, you know. <laughs> just come up with some babble. <laughs> yeah, just come up with British-style babble. Yeah. Like, you know, have it be the Zipatone art. Um... We oh, that would be that would be cool. We had some more <laughs> entries into our caption contest a little yes. late. Yeah, from Matthias. Let's see what the first one I have is Chris's. Okay, I am Denkolio. I need TP for my head hole. That's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And actually, when when my son hit his head yesterday and he had blood spurting out, I was like, "You're gonna turn into Dengar." See, I was surprised that that didn't come up earlier. Yeah. The whole well, head would think. It, it, when your kid, like, when you're not positive if your kid is not in a coma, it, it's hard to be, you know, yeah. really goofy. It's true. Um, I did my best. Oh, but it was like, it was funny because he just wanted to go to sleep and everything because he hit his head really hard. But then I explained to him what a coma was, and he just woke up. He's like, oh, that, well, I really don't want that to happen. That probably opened his eyes, yeah. But I didn't want to, like, traumatize him, but I also wanted to be like, so this is why I'm upset, because you'll go to sleep for a long time. He's like, oh, okay, got up. Um, <laughs> and then what was Matthias's, uh... You know what? I don't... It's not in the outline, is it? Oh. 
Sorry. <laughs> I didn't have it. I didn't have it handy. Uh, it was funny, but we'll get to it next month. Because <laughs> um, we're definitely we're hitting the home stretch, right, Steve? Yes, I think we are. Um, oh, yeah. Tim Tim Hopkins, a longtime listener, has a, good, a pretty good nit to pick. Uh, but that that unloved Jar Jar that uh, was brought up last month that was uh, buried in the the pipes and whatnot was actually, I think, a Captain Tarples. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Steve, I gotta admit, I noticed that. I, I actually did. I do know the difference between tarpals and Jar Jar. I, I do too. I do too. I didn't notice it in that instance. But, but I just thought it was funny enough. <laughs> um, and uh, and he, he actually said that he was upset that I, I haven't done the whole locks of love thing. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I, I. Where's your hair length, hair length these days? I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, dude, I've, I go to a, like a salon now. I use product. Oh I'm, man, I'm like a totally different dude. Yeah, Jeez. yeah, I'm all like metro, <laughs> which is also I'm all divorced. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I thought that I'm not going to dedicate, you know, give the hair. I'm just trying to make a big deal out of it. But uh, th- thank you for the guilt trip. I did need it. Um, but uh, he said that he, I've inspired others to do it. So that's, that's good. good. Hey, yeah. um, just kind of a random thing, uh, Mark. I wrote Satyrs, but I bet his name is actually Sanders. <laughs> Asked if C- uh, Chewie intentionally put C-3PO's head on backwards. Yeah. Um, um, was it passive-aggressive? I kind of got that vibe, didn't you? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I like that idea. And then, Steve, a whole bunch of sports. <laughs> so, one thing to know is that Steve and I have a bet going... Oh. oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you forgot about it. <laughs> I did. You got to you gotta remind me about these things. Yeah, so the winner has to buy the first round of beers and hot dogs uh, at the next baseball game we see together. Okay. And I'm betting that my Arizona Diamondbacks <sighs> are going to beat his Los Angeles Dodgers of Anaheim uh, in their yearly series. So I'm already two behind. You know, so you're not, not off to a good start, good. but you got, what, like 17 games left to yep. catch up. So, yep. And everyone <laughs> is really happy because this is the rare period of time where there are two <laughs> fantasy hockey, two fantasy teams for us to update. <laughs> well, so, I already know. I don't have to say anything about hockey. I haven't looked at that in probably a, you know, a month. You're getting really close to the minimum score. You're, I'm, you're I'm hoping I can hit. 15.5. I need to get down to 10, right? That, that's my <laughs> yeah. goal. And I, I'm at, I'm in sixth place. So Okay. Not the worst. And then, Steve, the bummer about us not recording last week is last week there oh, were only oh two games. God. Yes. And you and I were one and two in the standings. I, didn't I have like 85 points or something crazy that I'd never reached before? Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, that was glorious. But I am happy to say that you are right now, Steve, in first place in the what? baseball league. No That's way. Right. Yep. Oh, you're looking at like the live, the live standings. Yep. You've, oh wow. So as of now, Steve is in way last place in hockey and yes. first place in baseball. So there you go. Uh. It's got to balance out somewhere, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe this, that's what I need to do. Is just get dead last in hockey every year and it'll actually somehow magically boost my baseball numbers yeah it's uh it's, uh. it's your year man uh. <laughs> good well good steve i i think this has been a really good episode i've i've had i've had a blast with this one um, yeah 
And uh, I think next month is going to be uh, just as much, if not more so, fun because we have to get you know who back. You know who's who's next? I don't know who's the next character. Lobot. No. Yeah, he's up next. I mean, if there was any reason that we had to force uh, Bart to get back on, I mean, it. <laughs> what wow. other way can we coax him, right? That is awesome. You better, you better start getting getting on him now, Sky. <laughs> Dude, there's no way. But it's nice to dream. <laughs> it's nice to dream. Awesome, Steve. Um, well, great. Fortunately, I hit record, and we've been recording. That's and, good. Uh, it's always I'm always happy to, to know that when the <laughs> yeah. episode's released. Like, we made it. Yeah, doing all <laughs> It's just a, a fleeting oh, memory. Here. Yeah. <laughs> wampa wampa. Adios. And Princess Leia. They're the Star Wars early bird set of figures. These action figures are not yet available, but this Star Wars early bird certificate package is in stores with its colorful Star Wars picture display fan and certificate.